Sorry about that. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. We're back after really almost a two-week break to cover the Combine, to cover all the good stuff that happened. Not happened, but really will happen tonight. It's like 6 o'clock right now, 6.20. I just saw the tight ends. We'll talk about the tight ends. And um, quarterbacks just ran. Only two quarterbacks. We'll talk about them. And wide receivers are starting to run. And we already had as uh, the first guy, Calvin Austin, the third. He absolutely killed it. 4-3-2. Going to talk about him. As well as other kind of news that happened when I was gone and things of that nature. It's a great entry. Great great to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Twenty Force Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, was Nirvana's infamous, maybe not infamous, but very uh, non-famous, I guess, song called Lounge Act. Fantastic song. Never mind. Speaking of Nirvana, um, going to catch the new Batman movie tomorrow as well. Super excited about it. Um, I know a lot of stuff has happened since I have not been here, you know. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about Kyler. We'll talk about a lot of the uh, the different players. Let me stand up. I've been sitting down for like five minutes. But let me stand up. Hold on. It's been a minute. I know. I know. God, I can already tell I'm probably going to have to use the bathroom during this podcast. Really should have gone before, but that's fine. So... <clears throat> what's kind of happened really today. Um, and I don't know how to start this podcast because there's just so much information that we have to go, we have to talk about. And um, there's really not like a great way to just bounce right into the combine and with Kyler Murray. And I have some Detroit Lions stuff I want to talk about. And I want to talk about Malik Willis. Um, you know, I'll just get into the combine. We'll start off with the combine. Hold on, let me turn on my light. Jesus Christ. Another, literally another 4-3 for a wide receiver, and I knew he was going to run a 4-3. This guy out of Auburn, Kevin Austin Jr., just ran a 4-3-7, which is blazing. I think, oh. Here comes my guy, David Bell. Hold on. 4-3-7. I should probably explain how speed works in the NFL and in the combine. Hold on. David Bell is about to run his. I think 4-5-4-4. I'd be shocked if it's 4-3. I'm already going to. I already know it's not 4-3. 4-6-4. Yikes. That's not good. I literally said I think 4-4-4-5, and he runs Four, 
His official time is 4.64, which is really bad. Slade Bolden is coming up. I doubt he runs anything faster than like a 4.5. I doubt it. Alabama wide receiver, the slot guy for Alabama. Um, he's an okay wide receiver. He's not anything like super, super, super special. Weird thing is, right? A lot of the top tier prospects in this year's draft, they all have last names early on in the alphabet. Like, for example, we just saw David Bell and Calvin Austin. Traylon Burks is coming up next after Slade Bolden, who may run a 4 4. No, never mind. 4 6 3. Never mind. My guts, that's kind of what I expected. I'm not great at, like, judging how fast the player is running as I'm looking at them. It's hard for me. I. I mean, it's it's milliseconds off. My eyes aren't great at telling milliseconds, okay? Like, my, my human eyes aren't great. It's not like I'm an eagle, okay? Traylon Burks is up next. Hold on, I got my pen. I got my journal. Traylon Burks, 6'2", 225 pounds out of Arkansas. Really, I think he's going to run a 4'4", four, 4'3". Four, four, Let me see it. He's getting ready. We'll talk about what these numbers mean in a second. Hold on. I'm just, he's taking forever to just take off. Here he goes. Here he goes. There you go. Oh, terrible start. Yeah. He's coming back. What happened? I don't even know what happened. They blew the whistle. The Pittsburgh guy. I don't know what his freaking name is. The Pittsburgh, what's his name? The Pittsburgh coach. Blew the whistle. Trailer, it was a bad 40 start for him as well. He's overthinking it. He's just got to run. Just run fast. Deion Sanders said it best. Just run fast. Just run fast. Hold on. Let me mute my computer audio. It's like you've done this a million times, Traylon. He's standing up. I mean, Traylon is taking forever now. He's standing up. He's getting the rules. He's mentally preparing himself. Traylon, I need you to just run fast. 4445 is what I have for Traylon Burks. Already one of my guys and David Bell did not run anywhere close to what I thought he was going to run. It's probably going to affect his draft stock if he does not run faster. Let's see. Traylon Burks. Once again. 4445 is what I'm shooting for. I would be. Shocked if he runs. What is going on? Why is he taking... Like, he reset... Hold on. What? What the fuck is going on? The Steelers coach is is talking to some guy on the sideline as Traylon Burks is about to start running. It's not about you! What? He's he's talking to a fan. Traylon Burks is reset. What? It's not about you. Jesus Christ. I'm like, I want to see Traylon Burks. I'm already halfway fired up. We're not even five minutes in. I haven't even gone through the introduction yet. 
and I'm already halfway fired up. Traylon Burks, once again, let him run. Jesus Christ. He's off. Four, five, five. Great time. Great time. For somebody who's like 6'2", almost really 6'3", 220, I'll take 4'5", any day of the week. So, before Jahan Dotson starts running, let me kind of go ahead and explain to you the numbers and why they matter and how they matter and things of that nature. So, essentially, if you're a wide receiver, Cynthia Freeland ah, covered it perfectly in uh, the pre-show in the lead-up for the draft. Essentially, she said, look, if you're a wide receiver – you should run 4-5 to 4-4, okay? If you don't know how those numbers, what, like what 4-5 or 4-4 means, 4-5 means 4.5 second 40s. Uh, A-40, excuse me, 4-4 means 4.4, okay? Second 40, okay? That's what that means. And I concur, I agree with Cynthia Freeland. If you're a wide receiver, you should be anywhere between 4-4, 4-5, there's exceptions to the rule, like Jarvis Landry, I think, ran like a 4-6. Jerry Rice, the GOAT, ran, I think, almost 4-7. So there are exceptions to the rule. However, um, last time I checked, I don't think there's a lot of Jerry Rices on the planet. So, if I mean, there's only one. So it's like, you better be running fast if you're a, uh, if you're a wide receiver. Like this guy, Dine, uh, Day, Gene, Dixon, I don't know, the Gene... Dixon, he just ran a 4.66. That's bad. That's bad. I mean, David Bell ran a 4.64. He looks great on tape. Uh, it's bad that he ran a 4.64. Hopefully, he runs faster. Jahan Dotson is coming back. So, again, um, if you run a 4.3, that means you're running fast. It means you're running fast. I think Jahan Dotson, he may get a 4.3. Calvin Austin, I knew he was going to run fast. I think Jahan Dotson is going to run. I would be shocked if Jahan Dotson runs a 4 five i'd be shocked i would be like okay so i'm my, something is terribly wrong with my eyes uh if he runs a four five forty let's see it he's off now four four one that's fine i'm not gonna lie i kind of expected four three but four four one's fine he's blazing he runs fast great route runner good route runner like, I'm fine with that. Anyways. <clears throat> God, I got to really, really pee. Anyways. I want to kind of go back to the tight ends because, I mean, realistically, like, you know, like, like, I'm, like I've seen all the big – I've seen all the big guys. I saw Traylon Burks, saw David Bell, saw Calvin Austin, Jahan Dotson. I got their numbers. There's more guys coming down the pipeline, but they're, they're a little bit of a ways away. want to talk about – the tight ends, because, uh, boy, they all had a day today. Uh, specifically, Trey McBride. Trey McBride, if you don't know, the tight end out of Colorado State. I remember when people had brought up the notion that a tight end from Colorado State was the number one overall tight end. I kind of laughed it off. Uh, he's probably laughing at me because I think that he's, like, borderline, like a first-round um, tight end. Really, really awesome tight end, too, by the way. In the sense of, um, in the sense of, he's not necessarily the best athlete. Like he's not super explosive, but he finds separation at the top of his routes. He is 
he's a good enough route runner where maybe not good enough is the best way to describe it. He's a great route runner. They can stick him inside, outside. He does what I love for tight ends. He does everything in the sense of you can play him inside, outside. He can line up in line. He can line up offset. He's a really, really interesting. Okay, Danny Gray out of SMU ran a 4 Three, three. Okay, he did not look like it, and he pulled something, looks like, maybe. But back to Trey McBride. Trey McBride, he didn't. He also didn't run today, which um, I would probably suspect is because, I mean, look, not a lot of players, because there's so m much value that's put on the 40. There's like two wide receivers that just ran four threes right now i'm not even writing their names down i'm like i want to see how fast sky Moore runs like low four threes i'm gonna watch them again hold on anyways um there's so much emphasis on running fast at the combine for quarterbacks and tight ends that quarterbacks are like you know what this won't necessarily help my my draft stock it'll inhibit my draft stock so for this draft for this combine um only two quarterbacks ran only two and um, it was like, it was, it was weird. It was like Jack Cohn and somebody else. Uh, we'll get on Malik here in a couple of minutes, by the way, as well. But essentially only two guys ran. I was happy. I was like, I feel like most quarterbacks don't really need to run. Malik Willis, by the way, will not run. Apparently Kenny Pickett won't run as well. That kind of sucks. Sky Moore just ran a 4-3-9. Okay. But the quarterbacks, they didn't run very. They didn't run a lot. Jalen Weidemeyer, the tight end out of Texas A&M, he didn't run. Neither did Trey McBride. But Trey McBride probably had the best day of the combine so far. Again, he demonstrated his ability to line up in multiple different positions, to get off the line of scrimmage in a three-point stance, multiple times from multiple different positions on the football field. I mean, he was easily the best tight end, to me at least. He was easily the best tight end here at the combine. He looked the best. He looked the most fluid. His hands are really, really soft, so he's able to catch passes very, very easily in space. I mean, he did everything perfectly. And when I saw that, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a first-rounder. He's a first-rounder. And by a first-rounder, I don't necessarily mean high, high, high first-rounder. I mean, like, low, low, low first-rounder, borderline like a second-rounder. But, you know, you'll take that in a dab of rants. And for everybody out there, you're like, really, 24? Really? Like, after you saw him at the combine? I'm like, yes. Yes, after I saw Trey McBride work out and do all this other stuff, yes, I'm sure that he is a first-round draft pick, borderline, really really a borderline first-rounder. It's more appropriate to call him a second-rounder, really. Yes, I'm, I'm very, very sure of that. And then you had Jalen Weidemeyer, who had like an okay day. You know, everything that you saw on tape essentially came through here. He's a good enough blocker, but he has concentration issues with passes, He meaning essentially he drops passes. Trey McBride, by the way, didn't drop anything. Um, Big-ass human. Like, he's a good enough athlete. He'll, he'll, he'll be drafted in like the second round, somewhere like that. It's fine. He's fine. He's a good enough player as Calvin Austin is about to walk back, um, walk his fast ass back onto the, uh, onto the football field. 
he's a good enough tight end, Jalen Weidemeyer. Jelani Woods, the tight end out of, what is it? Where, where is he from? Virginia Tech, I think. Hold on, David. Oh, David Bell's not running fast. He ran a 4.62. What? David Bell just ran two four sixes. I got to talk about this. Hold on. David Bell, one of my favorite wide receivers in the draft. Just, I mean, I thought he was going to run four five four four. The dude ran four six four four six two. Just like what? He did not look that slow on tape. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculously slow. I'm interested to see how, you know, I'm I, like, sometimes it's like when you see something that kind of goes against, you know, your judgment or whatever, hold on, Slade Bolden just ran another 4640, which again, he, he doesn't, he's not very fast at all. But when I like, but we'll, we'll see what David Bell can do in the wide receiving drills, the routes that they're going to have them run, the slants, the, uh, the goes, all that stuff. Like, well, maybe not goes. I mean, he's not very fast. But we'll see what happens with uh, with David Bell. But yikes, man. He, he did not run fast at all. Traylon Burks, gigantic wide receiver. I think Mike Evans, around this size, this weight, ran like a 4-3, which is why Mike Evans was such an elite prospect. I saw Traylon Burks run by people. So I'm a little bit shocked that he ran. I don't think this is going to be. I'm, I'm watching him now. I'm like, I don't think this is going to be a 4 4 40 and it's not. It's another 4-5. I mean, he's just had two awkward starts. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas, big-ass wide receiver. Just really, really two bad starts from what I've seen. And he may be, he may be hurt. I'm not really sure. But it just it did not look good the two times that he just ran at the 40. The starts, they didn't look good. He may. I'm not a track guy. But even I can see a bad 40. I'm like, I do not like his 40. I think I think the reality of the situation is, is that if his starts were better, he probably would have ran 4-4 today. It is what it is. Anyways, back to tight ends. I want to get off of tight ends because, I mean, tight ends are kind of boring to me, if I'm 1,000% honest with you, which is why I watched all of them for two hours straight and then I was just like cool we don't have to cover them on the podcast but Trey McBride had an awesome day Jelani Woods had an awesome day let me pause the combine so that way I can just go through my notes here Jelani Woods had an awesome day um Trey McBride and like some other guy also had an awesome day what's his name uh, a couple of other guys, Greg uh, Dolchitz, the tight end out of UCLA, had a really, really awesome uh, gauntlet. Connor Haywood, Hayward, excuse me, Cameron Haywards, the defensive tackle for the Steelers, he also had a really, really awesome day today, going through the gauntlet, going through uh, the deep pat, like re- can really, really drop his hips. I don't remember what his 40 was, but it was good enough for me. Jelani Woods at 6'7", 300, not 300, 250 pounds. He ran a 4'6", 40. That's fine. That's faster than some of these dog. It's faster than Slade Baldwin. Faster than Slade. But Jelani Woods, he had a great combine. Uh, Connor Hayward, the uh, again, Con- uh, Cameron Hayward's brother, the defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
His younger brother had a great day today. Uh, great gauntlet, just a great overall day. Isaiah Likely, tight end out of um, Coastal Carolina, had a nice, fine day as well. Some guy, I don't know what the fuck his name is. I cannot say his name whatsoever. This guy, um, I, I'll try and say his name. Okonwu, I think that's how you say his name. Okonkwu. I don't know how to say his first name. It's it's a nightmare to say. Great day. Ran a 4-5-40 for a tight end, which is fantastic. 4-5-40 for a tight end. He was great in everything. I didn't get a nice look at him when it came to some of the sled drills, but everything else, all the catching, all the running. If I'm if I'm drafting a tight end who runs a 4-5-40, I'm not expecting him to block a lot, all right? But uh, he essentially, he, he crushed, crushed it. Uh, today, Daniel uh, Bellinger, the tight end. I don't know where he's from, but he also had a good day. Uh, there's look, look. Main takeaway today is that Trey McBride is probably going to be a, a tight end for the next ten years. Like he does. Like if he if he actually had athleticism, like if he was fast, I mean he would be one of the best tight ends in the draft. But because of the school that he played in, and because he's not very explosive and fast, it, like he's. He's going to be um, like Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. He can separate. He can get open. Um, but I don't think he's super explosive as an athlete, which is perfectly fine. I don't need him to run 4-3, but I just I need him to be explosive. Hold on. Let me unplug my computer. But, yes, Trey McBride had an awesome day at the Combine today. All right. Jahan Dotson. He's about to run his 40. Another one. He ran a four four one, which is not what I expected whatsoever. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State, one of my favorites. I think he's a first round draft pick. I remember. I think Bucky Brooks had him over Chris Olave. Joke. But Jahan Dotson, there he goes. Bad start. I can already tell. He's not going to run four three today. Four four seven. Yeah. Like you can just tell when they're running. It's just like I can just. I'm like. He had a little hop, skip, something weird. I don't know what that was. He's faster than 447, Jahan Dotson. His official time will be the fastest time, which is 441. This guy, Don Terry Drummond. Don Terry o. Drummond should probably be a tight end. He ran a 465. Damn, that's slow. Wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Four six one, slower than a two hundred and thirty something pound tight end. I'm like Don Terry Drummond. You better catch passes and you better separate. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ. Anyways, I want to talk about Kyler Murray for a couple of minutes here, as the combine is kind of going on. It's uh been something that's been dominating the headlines. The NFL Network shoehorned it in during the combine. Look. I got, look, by the way, hold on. Hold on, they're back. They're back with the 40-yard dash. I I wasn't here when the uh, the document that his agent had sent out and released. I wasn't here. I'll get into it here in a couple of minutes, as well as, like, instant reactions as well. Um, Actually, I probably, like, I, I had Rich Eisen essentially clutching his pearls today. Or technically, it was like Monday on Tuesday where he's just like, this is nonsense. I can't believe Kyler would openly admit that he 
uh, like uh, he's in contract negotiating and da da Like I'll, I'll get into it. Hold on. As soon as I look at some of these guys run. Damn. This guy, Delius Jones Jr., wide receiver out of Tennessee, just ran a four three two, blazing. Delius Jones. Four three two. Another guy named Bo Melton just ran a four three four. Hold on. Okay, sorry about that. Back to Kyler. So Kyler, right? Last time I left off talking about Kyler, it was essentially talking about how. I didn't, um, I didn't believe he was a distraction, or not a distraction. I didn't believe he was immature. I essentially said that, hey, he's never had these problems in high school. He's never had these problems, you know, um, at Oklahoma. You know, the only time that he's had these quote-unquote issues, these quote-unquote problems, has been when he is at Arizona. Reason for that is, in my opinion, is I don't think Arizona prioritizes winning. And the example that Rich Eisen uses is uh, in this speech. I, I may play some of it in this rant, in this clutching of pearls. Oh my God! He just, he's just he's just not a good wide. He's just not a good quarterback for demanding that his team gives him some fucking help. But essentially, the only thing that Rich Eisen says is, "Oh my God." They went out and they get and they got him DeAndre Hopkins and it's just like so you mean to tell me that the Arizona Cardinals got him one wide receiver and that suffices enough to uh, for him to be competitive in the most competitive division in the NFL everybody won't shut up about how awesome this division is so you're telling me right that DeAndre Hopkins is enough to beat the Rams and the um and the uh the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks twice a year every single year Aaron Donald Jamal Adams Nick Bosa those guys right some of the best defensive players in the NFL are on the teams that Kyler Murray has to play against and also hold on let me get it straight now some of the best defensive players in the NFL where does his coach rank in that in that class in that tier okay for me, he ranks fourth out of four, right? Four out of four. Fourth out of four. Not in the rank in the division, excuse me. I think Cliff is one of the worst coaches. Not one of the worst coaches. I think he is the worst coach in that division. As I, like, put some stuff back. I'm about to take a, take a seat here. Worst coach in that division. One of the best quarterbacks in that division, if not the best. And he carried the team to the playoffs. I always like to ask you as a fan, what or who is um, is ex-quarterback's offensive lineman, specifically his left tackle? I'll ask you this question. Who, do you, who is Kyler's left tackle? Can you tell me who his left tackle is? How about his right tackle? How about his right tackle? You know who he is? I don't either. Let's just be honest. You don't know? I don't know. When I went back a couple of weeks ago before I went on my break, I was like, 
Dude, um, his offensive line, I like you think that Kyler just runs around and stuff like that. Dude, his offensive line sucks. Watch the Texans game. Watch it. They sacked him three times. Three times. He's just, it's against the Texans. Game was a blowout, by the way. But it was against the Texans. And you know what? Here's the thing, right? That entire team is all on Kyler Murray. The success is on Kyler Murray. He needs help. I will always go to bat for guys that help themselves. I'm like, look, he needs help. He's not getting it. What do you want him to do? He's not Jesus. He can't walk on water. Let me take a seat. But, I mean, everybody's out there, and they're just – like, I feel like people were like, we're going to hate on Kyler Murray because he's short when he came out in the draft and because he's good at baseball. So now people are like, well, you know what? We're going to hate on Kyler. He sucks. He runs fast. He's short. He's a two-sport athlete. We'll hate on him all all day. The doggone cows come home. And I feel like that's where we're at now with Kyler Murray, where I'm like, guys, like, what are we doing? We're butchering this guy. We're killing this guy. Because what? He wants to demand a contract? Now, I have some thoughts on that contract. I have some thoughts. I'm not a big supporter of him uh, getting a 50 million, you know, 50 million average per year. I think that's ridiculous. I think Kyler can't ask for 50 million a year. Scratch that. He can ask for that. For that. I don't think he should get it. 50 million a year for Kyler? Mm-mm. No, sir. I don't think he can. I don't think he should get it. I don't think he's a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. He's obviously not as accomplished. He's only been to the playoffs one time. My response is, to people who want to criticize him for that, is um, look who he, look who is his freaking team, bro. Again, it's the Cardinals. I got this document right here, by the way. Let me read off um, some of the stuff on this document. God, it's a long-ass document. <laughs> it's so long. So, the document itself is, and by the way, if you're wondering, 24, what's going on on the Combine? Well, they're showing me highlights of Sam Howell, so I'm like, and Traylon Burks, by the way. So, I'm like, this is a perfect example for me to talk about Kyler, because they're not talking about the Combine. Document starts out with this. Kyler wants to be direct with loyal Arizona Cardinals, Cardinal fans, excuse me, in the great community of the Valley, in stating his two very important goals and objectives. One, he absolutely wants to be your long-term quarterback. Two, he desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. Achieving both goals will take incredible commitment from himself and the entire organization. Despite all of Kyler's energy being focused on the future, he is very proud of the franchise's extreme turnaround in competitiveness and success since his arrival. Now, quick pause. Okay, um... Let's remember this. Arizona was a laughingstock. Arizona was a dumpster fire. Arizona was um, was just simply put uncompetitive for the last, um, I don't even know how long, potentially almost a decade, really, almost. They were a joke. Nobody cared about the Arizona Cardinals. I barely even knew that they were an NFL football team. Continuing forward. Alongside his teammates and coaches, a successful and valuable fra- foundation for the organization has been built. The team and Kyler's individual three-year track record of undisputed and increasingly positive results 
while under the extremely challenging circumstances of walking into a three-win team with the last-ranked offense in the toughest division in football speaks for itself. There's like a bunch of commas. Then he ended off. Uh, he ended the uh, the sentence on speaks for itself, which I agree. Like everybody wants to clutch pearls. Everybody wants to be offended. I'm not offended by that statement. It's very truthful. What's not truthful? The Cardinals were a bad team without Kyler. They're a good team with Kyler. It's very truthful. The Cardinals are the only franchise in the NFL to have improved by three or more wins in each of the last three seasons. Kyler was tasked with stepping into a tough situation and named the starter on day one of his arrival. That is tough. He has delivered and exceeded all reasonable expectations along with the way in winning NFL, along the way, excuse me, in winning NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, followed by back-to-back Pro Bowls in the ultra-competitive and QB-loaded NFC. Again, I agree. Uh, There's nothing that the agent has said here that's controversial, that's wrong, that's incorrect. Some people want to just uh, distill it down to, he's negotiating for a contract and blah, blah, blah. And this next paragraph kind of goes into that. But where's the lie? For everybody out there that wants to be critical of Kyler, where is the lie? Continuing forward. Looking ahead, Kyler believes that in order to consistently compete for championships and ultimately deliver the Valley their first Super Bowl in 33 years, there needs to be a long-term, there needs to be long-term stability for both the organization and himself. To over to overtly communicate Kyler's desire to be the Cardinals' long-term quarterback, we sent a detailed contract proposal to the organization. Now, what exactly is that contract proposal? I don't really know. Um, it's been alleged that he has been asking for $50 million. I'm not for that. Not with it. Um, I, don't know what he's, I don't know what he's being asked. I don't know what – maybe not what he's being asked, but I don't know what he is specifically asking. I lost my place. I have to find it again. Here we go. It was important to Kyler that his personal, excuse me, that his proposal reflected all of the following. Provides financial protection, uh, is in line with the current quarterback market that compares his results alongside relevant comps, lowers his 2022-2023 salary cap number to allow the Cardinals to re-sign other deserving teammates and add additional free agents, and most importantly, represents a real commitment from the organization to see if the their ultimate goals align with his two above consistently competing for championships and Kyler being their quarterback. That's kind of interesting. A lot of people have just blanketly said that the Arizona Cardinals have, um, have essentially like, like, um, like they are going to sign Kyler Murray and the owner, not the owner, the agent and Kyler have constantly like hinted that, um, he may be looking for a trade or that they were specifically looking for a trade or that he wants long-term commitment and things of that nature for some weird reason. I don't know what the reason is. I kind of have a sinking uh, feeling that they weren't necessarily as sold on him as he was on them. So we'll see what happens. Um, In all bold, actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. It is now simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize their rapidly improving 24-year-old quarterback already um, already, excuse me, their 24-year-old, already two-time Pro Bowl quarterback who led the organization from three wins before his arrival to 11 wins and their first playoff appearance in five years. Again, nothing that he said here is a lie. Continuing to merrily talk about addressing Kyler's long-term future as their quarterback, unfortunately, every player, coach, and executive in the NFL knows, in parentheses, 
or should know that words and that words and hypothetical contra uh, contractual promises are regularly dismissed and fleeting in the business. Kyler remains hopeful. This is an all bold as well. Kyler remains hopeful that the organization chooses to commit to that. Excuse me, to commit to that so that he can continue leading the Cardinals to future success and value for many years to come. That was the document. Was there anything controversial that was said? Was there anything explicit? Was there anything inappropriate? Was there anything just out of pocket, out of line? No. Then why are people acting like it is? Why are people acting like I, I kid you not like Rich Eisen literally was like clutching at this document as if it was like, you know, like a freaking mass murderers, you know, uh, just doctrine or whatever. Like, oh, my God, look at this terrible document. It's like, what? Really? Like, listen to this. Listen to this. I got I got I got some uh, some clips for you. But I mean, this was like. One of the cringiest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Listen to this. This is him talking about how other quarterbacks, you know, they just, they just didn't ask for the money. They just didn't have, they didn't get, the, they didn't have to do this. He wants a contract. Let me turn it up. I forgot how low it is. Let me bump it all the way up. Oh, he wants a contract. Funny, I missed this when Josh Allen wanted a contract <laughs> and I missed this when Lamar's been sitting out there and apparently waiting for his own self to start the situation from what it seems and I I, I, I missed it when Goff got his deal and I missed it when Carson Wentz got his deal and I missed it you see what I'm saying no no I, I don't see what you're saying I don't see what you're saying at all I don't see what you're saying. You know, it's funny. Um, and we can go down the laundry list because I usually have a better memory than most of these people. When Kyler, not Kyler, when Carson Wentz and Jared Goff both got their contracts, um, it was very private. And it happened very, very quickly. Like it happened in the offseason after the Eagles... Um, I believe had no, it wasn't after the Eagles had won the Super Bowl. It was in the 2018 season when the Eagles had went to the playoffs for the second year in a row without Carson Wentz starting. And it was after the um, the Rams had lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. It was a very quiet contract negotiation year for both teams. Josh Allen, you knew it was coming because it happened last year with Dak Prescott getting re-signed. You knew that it was coming. He was up. They wanted to bring him back. He had played great. They brought him back. They got him signed. You want to know why all of those contract signings you didn't hear about, you didn't know? Do you want to know why you didn't hear about them or didn't know? Because the teams are good organizations. They're good football teams. What has Arizona done to prove that they're a good organization? I, I ask you that question because... Um, we want to pretend that every single organization is equal and that every single organization is great. And it's just like, who's his left tackle? Who's his right tackle? Who's Kyler's number one corner? Chandler Jones is their best defensive player. 
They draft players constantly that they have no idea how to utilize. Isaiah Simmons and Javon Collins, to name a few. Did I say Javon? I meant Zavin Collins. But no, you know, the, he, the, the Cardinals did a lot. By the by, Cardinals could have drafted Tristan Wirfs. They get ex Isaiah Simmons. Cardinals could have drafted... Who was there at that um, in the 2021 draft? Tevin Jenkins couldn't draft Christian Derrishaw, potentially another running back. Could have had a lot of different guys. They drafted Zayvon Collins. So you mean to tell me, okay, let me get this straight. You mean to tell me that essentially the Cardinals draft two linebackers, two positions that are undervalued in the NFL, two linebackers in two consecutive drafts with two first-round draft picks, two Two positions that are highly undervalued for good reason. You can find a linebacker anywhere. And that qualifies that they've helped him as a football player. Okay. I'm, I just, I just want to check because I'm a little bit confused on, you know, on the things that the Arizona Cardinals have done to help out Kyler. But apparently, um, you know, Rich Eisen thinks that they've done a whole lot. Let me uh, let me play something here. Apparently, they've done a whole lot. Let's listen in. If I'm if I'm somebody who's getting ready to commit nine figures to somebody like that, I'd have a little bit of pause. Like, hey, what what, what gives? Like, what have we not done? What hasn't been done? Do you see DeAndre Hopkins out there? <laughs> Oh, it's a rhetorical question because there's a uh, somebody who's had DeAndre Hopkins on his fantasy team two years in a row. Sometimes they don't see him. So let me get this straight. So they trade for a wide receiver, little bit injury prone over the last two years. Isn't out there. Kyler still produces wins with a bad offensive line, lack of a running game, bad defense. And he still wins you football games? Hmm. You know, hold on. Wait, I also got something else for you about Rich Eisen. A lot of fans seem to flock to these quotes, so that's why I pulled them up. This is him talking about, or not even talking, but just asking Arizona Cardinals fans, do you guys, do you guys like this? Let's listen in. Uh, look, I don't live in Arizona. I don't live in Phoenix. I don't know. About, are, are you folks sitting there wondering if there's a long-term commitment from from the Cardinals and worried about the future of the team right now? I am. Let me pause and turn on the fan really, really quickly. Hold on. Hold on. It's like it's humid in here. I got to turn on my dehumidifier. I can literally feel the, the mist just cutting in my room right now. Sorry about that. Went back to my lazy boy chair because my desk chair was just destructively uncomfortable. Here, here's, here's Rich. Here's Rich talking about how Arizona Cardinal. Again, it, it, we're just continuing with the quote. I'll tell you what. If I asked any Cardinal fan what's the worry about the future of the team, it would be, uh, wh why, why do they fall apart after Thanksgiving? Why do they start like a house fire and don't finish strong? What's up with that? Because this guy that's on the screen right here, he's part of it. In the bottom of the of the document here. Oh, I'm just going to shoot you straight. He's part of it. 
Yeah, but he's not the complete part of it. That's not the reason why they lose. And, you know, it's funny. He says something interesting. He says, you know, are Arizona Cardinal fans worried about a long-term commitment by Arizona? I am. You may ask me, 24, why are you worried about a long-term commitment from the Arizona Cardinals? Because Arizona just extended their GM and their head coach. It's funny that everybody will mention the Kyler Murray document, and then it's just like, wait, uh, these two bozos, one guy, one bozo drafts two linebackers in the first. Let me pull. uh, You're not seeing it clearly. You're not seeing it clearly. Let me help you out. By the way, the combine's going on in the background. They're showing some of the deep balls and the deep throws. These are these are really, really bad throws, man. I'm watching some of these quarterbacks, and I'm like, damn, these are really, really fucking bad throws. Let me show you. And don't worry, we got time. We got time. Let me show you something. Let me uh, pull up. Let me pull up the Cardinals drafts for you. Cardinals. Draft picks 2021. We'll go on Pro Football Reference. It's one of my favorite sites for tracking. For tracking these statistics. Wow. Like some of these throws are gargantuanly bad. Just making sure that's that was that was a Sam Howell throw. I got I gotta pause this. I gotta. Let me table the Kyler Murray talk for right now. I got to pause this. Sam Howell, and I've, listen, I've been talking about this for months. I've been talking about everybody wants to talk to me. He has a houseman for an arm. He's a really strong arm quarterback, 24. And I'm like, we, we do understand that He's inaccurate beyond like, beyond like belief, right? We we understand this. Uh, no, twenty four. We love we love inaccurate. We we don't care. He's got a big arm, twenty four. I'm like okay, okay. So Sam Howell, I saw him move and kind of walk back in line. This throw is like the worst throw I've seen all fucking day long. It's uh, it's essentially like a seam route for a wide receiver. It's supposed to essentially, it's just a vertical route, right? You just throw it downfield. Sam Howell delivers a underthrown outside football. It's supposed to be inside. He just throws it. I mean, it's a really, really bad ball. The wide receiver, his name is Johnny Johnson, isn't even, he's not even opening up. He can run. He didn't even open up. And it's like he had to adjust. He had to look. This is bad. No, that's a great throw. Never mind. It's a great throw. That was a great throw. I don't even know who that quarterback was. That quarterback threw a better ball than Sam Howell. Shut up about Sam Howell being a first-round draft pick, being one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. That was a terrible throw that he just had. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, none of these guys are opening up, and all these quarterbacks are underthrowing them. They're all underthrowing them. It's just like, dude, I can't. 
What do you want me to do? I can't. None of these guys are running fast, and guys still are under-throwing the ball. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Back to Kyler Murray and Steve Kime getting a contract extension and Cliff Kingsbury. You know what's funny? The document came out on Monday. They got extended last night on Tuesday. It's almost as, excuse me, on Wednesday. It's almost as if Kyler had known that they were going to get extended, and he was like, why are the two guys, why are the two bozos? What was the what was the contract details? How the fuck does Cliff Kingsbury get extended? Oh, and by the way, if you're if uh, to answer Rich Eisen's question for everybody out there that's like, well, why is why is uh, Cliff Kingsbury getting extended? You know, or not Cliff Kingsbury, excuse me, but why is like, um, what did Rich Eisen say? I forgot what he said. Um. But, like, going going back with Cliff, right? It's like everybody wants to talk to me about Kyler Murray and things of that nature. And it's just like, dude, what? What? I just saw the contract details. They're, they're signed through 2027. What? So, hold on. Let me get this straight. How long has Steve Kime been the GM for the Arizona Cardinals? Oh, God. This is so frustrating. Oh, my God. I hate this so much. He's been the GM for the Arizona Cardinals since 2013. That means he's going to be the GM for this team. Or he has been the GM for this team for almost 10 years. Two playoff appearances, right? Like, I like, like it's head-bangingly obnoxious. It's head-bangingly obnoxious because it's just like, what is, I got to, I got to write some stuff down. Steve, like, hold on, before I get on Steve Kime. Slade Bolden just had an awesome gauntlet. I'm just going to star some of this stuff. So that way, I'm just going to star it. Slade Bolden just had a really, really awesome gauntlet. Gauntlet, excuse me. Um, I'll get into what that means. Um, Kevin Austin just had a really, really awesome gauntlet. Where is my freaking pen? Here it is. Kevin Austin had a really, really awesome gauntlet. Um, David Bell, slow-ass David Bell, had a really, really awesome gauntlet. I saw Traylon Burks off to the sideline. He may not. Oh, no. He's, he's about to come on. Slate Bolden had a nice gauntlet. Let me write that down. Slade Bolden. One thing he, did, he can do, I will I will not, you know, deny. He can catch. He can catch. He can catch and run. That's never been the problem with Slate Bolden. Anyways. Actually, you know what? Let me let me kind of do a deep dive on Arizona, right? Just like let's let's kind of just check. I want to I want to check something. 
Cardinals records here. I just, I want to check how many times they went to the pro, not the to the Pro Bowl, to uh, the playoffs. They, bro, they have been to the playoffs three times in 10 years. They lost in the conference championship game in 2015, and then they lost in the wild card seed in 2014. Let me ask you a question. Okay, three times, three, three playoff appearances, three playoff appearances, 10 years. And it looks like two playoff wins, 10 years. And he had a one, two, three, four. I mean, they said it, five-year stretch, no playoffs. He hired and fired Steve Wilkes, who went 3-13, and 13, and then he hired Cliff Kingsbury. And then his owner, not his owner, his agent said it best, they've improved their total win total by three every single year. So they went from five wins to eight wins to 11 wins this season. How does he have a job? People want to ask me the question of, like, like people want to ask the question about Kyler, like, how does he like like how does he do some of this stuff? I'm like, how how can he do this? This is ridiculous. He can't do this, and it's just like, no, his GM can't do this. How many offensive linemen did he he dra- he drafted Josh Jones in the third round, who is not very good. He drafted Joshua Miles in the seventh. He got Mason Cole in 2018 in the third round bust. He has drafted three, four tackles, two of which in the seventh round. Four tackles since 2017. Apparently, he thinks that he's just going to find a tackle, a great one, in the fifth round. So let me ask you the question, right? What do you want Kyler Murray to do when he's running around on the football field with fifth-round tackles and bust at center. They had to get Rodney Hudson, I think that's what his name is, the uh, the former center from the Raiders, who's an awesome center. They had to get him because he's their best offensive lineman, but he's a center, so he doesn't he can't impact the game that much. The GM's job, he had one fucking job to do, rebuild the offensive line, and he's done a terrible, horrifying job of it. Oh, and the wide receiving core isn't very good outside of DeAndre Hopkins. And Rondale Moore. But Rondale Moore can't be the number one guy at this point in time. And even then, he only had 54 receptions, 435 yards, one tutty. And then the thing is, for everybody out there, this is the uh, the question that Rich Eisen had asked. He's just like, why, do, why does Arizona always fall apart around Thanksgiving? Same reason why the Steelers fell apart around Thanksgiving as well. Around the time that they played the Cowboys halfway through the season, I was like, that's not a playoff team. Same thing goes for Arizona. They're not a playoff team. Want to know why? Because teams figured them out. Because why? Their head coach is not a very good play caller. The fact that he just got an extension for five years to me is a joke. We can argue the merits. You can hate the messenger. You can hate that it's coming from Kyler. But nothing that he has said today is incorrect, is false, is unintelligent or unintelligible. It's very true. Again, you don't like it because it's coming from Kyler, but he's very, very true. It's very, very true, the things that he is saying. 
speaking of the truth, watching dudes go through the gauntlet right now. Traylon Burks had a really, really awesome gauntlet. Want to know who else has had a really, really awesome gauntlet? <laughs> Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson. If you don't know the gauntlet drills, essentially the gauntlet drills, you line up on a white line and you run on the white line and footballs are thrown at you. And you're supposed to catch all the footballs while also trying to stay on the white line. I think that it's a little bit of a ridiculous drill. I can't necessarily expect guys to run on the white line. In fact, I like it when they don't run on the white line just because of the fact that you're naturally, as a wide receiver, going to run towards the football to try and make uh, make the distance from the quarterback to you a little bit shorter. And, you, you know, you're going to run. Like, I don't mind it when guys get off line as long as they try and get back on the line. I'm not really going to judge them that hard for this drill, because especially if they're getting on the line. This guy, Vellis Jones Jr., actually had a really, really awesome gauntlet right there. Let me – David Bell had a really, really awesome uh, gauntlet. Traylon Burks had a really, really awesome gauntlet. This guy, what's his name? Vellis Jones. I have no idea what the fuck his name is. 4-3-2 guy had a really, really awesome gauntlet. Sky Moore coming in. He's doing his thing. He's catching everything. He's catching everything. In and out of his frame, using his hands, not really relying on his body to make these catches. I prefer it when quarterbacks throw it and not guys in blue shirts, but I don't know who these guys are. That guy Jalen Naylor just had a great, great, uh, great gauntlet as well. Mm-mm-mm. Sky Moore just had a nice gauntlet. Calvin Austin did as well. So Malik Willis, right? Awesome, awesome, awesome quarterback at the um, at the combine. One of my favorite quarterbacks, really, in the draft this year. Let me plug in my computer. He's my quarterback number one. I've never really heard him talk. Actually, today was the first time that I heard him speak. Malik, he's been my quarterback one really on and off for the last six months. I've been really, really excited about him. I don't, I myself don't understand why if people for a year won't shut up about how awesome Trey Lance is and will tell me don't watch his final game you know, of his career, those same people will be like, ha, Malik Willis. I'm like, okay, you're an idiot. But um, hold on, let me turn off my fan. It's getting a little bit chilly in here. Hold on. But those same people that will talk to me about how awesome Trey Lance was last year in the draft will then discourage Malik Willis and tell me that he has accuracy concerns. Let me tell you something right now, okay? 49ers potentially may not move on from Jimmy because of how terrible Trey Lance is, okay? There's been rumors, there's been reports that because of how underdeveloped Trey Lance is, they're like, holy shit, we're not going to be competitive if we sling his ass out there, okay? It's just as simple as that just the reality in the case of Malik Malik is a I've said it before I think he's a better prospect than Justin Fields reason why I think he's a better prospect overall 
is because I think he has I think the only thing that's really wrong with him is his footwork and he's addressed it and we've talked and he'll talk about it. I'll get him on. I got clips of him. Don't worry, we'll play some clips. But I want to talk about Malik Willis because I didn't realize how good of a person he was. There's this clip going around of him in Indianapolis. I have no idea what is going on. I don't know why he is out there. I have no idea what he is doing. Actually, I do. But for some weird reason, he's just out on the street. He has a suitcase. And there's this homeless guy on the street. And he's just in Indianapolis. I, I mean, he, he has like a million things to do this year, this week. But one of the things that he's doing, he's traveling with a suitcase, saw a homeless guy outside, stops, opens up his suitcase with his own clothes, literally giving the clothes off his back to somebody that he doesn't even know, to a homeless guy. It's making the waves around the internet right now. Just say, hey, Stop. I have no idea where he is. I don't think he knows that he's being watched right now, but he is very much being watched. And he gives his clothes literally straight out of his suitcase, straight out of his suitcase to a homeless man or woman. I don't know. I can't see their face. Hold on. I want to watch this. I got some drills coming up here. So Malik Willis, QB one. I said it before. I said it before I, I went off the uh, the air two weeks ago. I said he's. I think he's a a uh, you know not only a first round draft pick. I think he is literally a top five player in the NFL draft. Talked with the media. The media loves him. Multiple media guys. We'll play some clips. Dude goes out of his way to give literally the clothes off his back to somebody that he doesn't even know. I got some clips for you today. But the reason why, the reason why I'm playing you, or not even playing, but we're talking about Malik Willis today, I'm done with Detroit. I'm done. I'm, tr- I'm done trying to help you if you're a Detroit Lions fan. Because your media, your fans are insane. I can't deal with you people. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. And you want to tell you, and you want to go back and forth. We can go back and forth. We can go back and forth. For every Detroit Lion fan that's out there that says, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm ignorant. Last time I checked, you guys have two playoff wins in 50 years. Last time I checked, or is it one? I can't remember. I think it's one. I think it's one. You guys have one playoff victory in 53 years. You don't even have enough playoff wins to minimally qualify for the Super Bowl. You don't even have that much in 53 years. You guys want to tell me I'm ignorant, I'm crazy, I don't know what I'm talking about? Check your record. Come back and talk to me. First, I got to... I want to write down some of these players who are going through some of these doggone drills. Let me... Let me check him out. I got Calvin Austin. They're running just the quick slant. NFL route. That's a great route. Just dropped it. That's a great route. I'll take that. Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin. 4-3-2. Quick slant. 
Jack Cohn just fired off a really, really awesome pass to Kevin Austin. This is David Bell coming up. He hit the slant. Nice, quick, easy. Back to Malik Willis talk. Slade Bolden. Slade Bolden has run a bajillion slants. That's big Trey Burks. Traylon Burks out there. Gets in in his cut. In and out of his cut. Great job, Trey Burks. All right, I don't know any of these other guys. I don't know any of these other quarterbacks. Traylon Burks is just having, you know, a nice casual combine. Hold on. Here's Sam Howell to Jahan Dotson. It's a good throw, good catch. Sam Howell did not run the, at the combine at all either. His drop is also kind of weird. Anyways. Going back to Detroit and why I'm done with you guys. I'm done with you guys. I am done. I'm done covering you guys. I'm done covering the team. I'm now in a potential laugh mode. Not laugh mode. I'm in mocking mode. I'll just mock you. I'll mock you. I'll make fun of you. You're an embarrassment. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, I I feel so sorry for you. You're an embarrassment. Your team is an embarrassment. Your franchise is an embarrassment. And most importantly, you are an embarrassment. I don't know what to tell you. These are your guys. I got some for you. I got some of your media guys talking about Detroit. This is why I'm out. They were criticizing my guy Malik Willis. They said some of the dumbest stuff I've heard in a really, really long time. But first, I want to play some some Malik Willis. But yeah, I got I got I got I got to give you a, I got to tease you a little bit. Plus, I have some of the timestamps here. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people ask a lot of bad questions because I've seen a lot of these player interviews by uh, networks. Chris Sims, easily the best interviewer. Easily the best interviewer. Uh, Pro Football Talk easily has the best interviews for these players. Um, don't get it twisted. It's not because of Mike Florio. It's because of Chris Sims. But Chris Sims interviewed all these guys. Great, great interviews. This is um, Malik's interview, and he's going to talk about Auburn, right? So you don't know what happened at Auburn with Malik Willis. Malik Willis transferred from Auburn to Liberty, and Chris Sims, he asks, hey, Malik, why'd you do that? Oh, tell us. Tell us what you were at Auburn. Kind of tell us what went down there as far as your why leave there and then, of course, how you ended up at Liberty. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I mean – I didn't get my opportunity there, so uh, I just had to move on and go to Liberty. Uh, I found everything I needed at Liberty. I grew in my faith. Uh, great offense with Coach Freeze and Coach Austin. Coach Austin helped me grow my fundamentals. I still have a ways to go, but still. Uh, and I graduated, and I'm a semester away from my master's of business. So, yeah. I mean, I accomplished all my goals. You, d you did. I mean, listen, you're winning, okay? You are definitely winning <laughs> right now. I mean, Auburn, did you just feel like you, they were never going to give you a chance? Like you just felt like they were settled with uh, – I'm blanking on his name right now off the top of my head. No, I was uh, just a little bit immature. You were immature, so yeah. you put it on yourself no, more. No, I definitely put it on myself. And like, what do you mean? What do you mean by immature? It just Like I didn't know what it all what all it took outside of ability Gotcha. to win the job. Right, little thing. 
things, study, work a little harder, whatever it may be, you felt like you were a little little behind in that area. Yeah, I can blame it on that. All right. I give you a lot of credit for admitting that. I really do. So let me get this straight. Malik Willis, right, quarterback, Liberty, admits some of the things that I thought were kind of were going to plague him as a quarterback, and, it, and they did at, at Auburn to give him credit, right? Usually when you see guys with big arms, big talent, they do rely on that over preparation, studying, technique, mechanics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that's very obvious that that's kind of what happened at Liberty. However, Malik has done, and I've said this time and time again, and I've defended him on this. I've said, look, he's done everything he needs to do to improve his deficiencies as best as he can. He's he's learned the offense. He's done what he's needed to do as a player to improve himself offensively. He's done everything he needs to do. He's admitted his mistakes. Takes a pretty mature guy. You know, people, either they don't want to talk about tangibles or they want to talk about intangibles or they don't want to talk about both. They'll be like, you know what, this guy, he does it like you. Some of the clips that I will play you today is, are just some of the dumbest things I've heard really in the last couple of years. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. I want to continue forward with uh, the issues of Malik Willis. Here's him talking about his footwork issues. Uh, there's always stuff you got to work on. There's certainly things you probably look at and go, wait, college, I might not be able to get away with that in the NFL, whatever. What about your game, mechanically, anything that you look at, like I've been working on with my quarterback coach lately to, to fix that? Like what's what's the number one thing? I mean, definitely my footwork. I mean, footwork? That's where some of these, you know, so-called inaccuracy issues come from. I mean, I'm not inaccurate. Just yeah. sometimes my feet are out of whack, and right. that'll make you inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, so when my feet are right, it's all good. I mean, everything's on rhythm. Everything's on good weight and it's all good what do you tend to do like with your feet that gets you in trouble like what is it do you step away from the target is your balance off like what is it about that that you go okay wait specifically when I miss these passes this is kind of what I always do and, and get in this bad habit well it just depends on what uh we're trying to do what and kind of I just get whatever. caught up sometimes uh being blessed with the arm talent I was I can get away with certain yeah, stuff right uh but just when I want to be consistent as possible I have to you know lock into the details yeah be a machine yeah right another admission of his shortcomings as a person as a leader right right boy I know how to pick him don't I I I personally vouched I I like you know what I'm like uh like the wolf of Wall Street right except there's there's this great monologue where he's scamming people where he's just like I don't want you to judge me off of my wins I want you to judge me off of my losses I want you to judge me off of my wins I was right on Justin Herbert when everybody else was like he's a bust I'm like no he's not he's one of the best players in the draft w uh, during another quarterback week draft uh, everybody the uh, the Deshaun Watson the Patrick Mahomes draft I was just like I don't know why people aren't talking more about Deshaun Watson I don't get that granted well you know Sexual assault allegations pending. I was right about him being an awesome football player. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray I vouched for. He's too short. No, he's not. He's big enough to play football. 
Justin, Joe, Tua, awesome quarterback. He he only checks down the football 24. Who's his left tackle? Oh, it's Liam Eicherberg, who's like one of the worst left tackles in the NFL. Really? Oh, okay. 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 Oh, you don't believe me? Watch Miami play. Did you watch Liam Eikenberg play? Loved him in college. Not very good in, as a pro. Talk to me about Liam. Talk to me about his offensive line. I vo- hey, I, I ride for my guys. I, I vouch for my people. Remember how I also was like, I don't like Jordan Love. Third-year player. He's uh, the, uh, the Packers cannot run faster to Aaron Rodgers. They're like, please don't stick us with Jordan Love. Please don't stick us. Everybody was like, don't watch his final season. He played badly his final season. But he's a great quarterback, I promise you. Okay. Okay. Jordan Love in his third year still isn't a starter. Packers are like, we don't really want this guy on our team. Or we don't really want this guy to play. Remember how I also personally vouched for Mac Jones last year? I wouldn't shut up about Mac Jones for like the entirety of the offseason. Remember how I was just like, I think Mac Jones is one of the best quarterbacks in his draft. Remember how I said all of that? I do. Mac Jones, only quarterback in his draft class with a winning record. Only quarterback in his draft class to go to the playoffs. Only quarterback in his draft class to go to a Pro Bowl. This is another Mac Jones situation. This is another Joe Burrow situation. This is another Tua Tagovailoa situation. He's one of the best. He's a top five player. Detroit, you shouldn't get him. You don't deserve him. Here's the reason why I got some clips for you. And then we'll get into the combine. I'll talk about some of the guys that are killing it. It's the usual suspects, but don't worry. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So I'm watching these shows, Detroit Lions shows, things of that nature. God. Oh, man, this is, goodness gracious, this is hard to watch. So, listening into this um this Detroit Lions podcast thing. They want to talk to me about how many wins they're going to have. This is where it kind of starts because I constantly hear twenty four. We're gonna win nine games. I'm like, you're lucky if you win six. Uh, don't believe me? Uh, here's them saying that in a vacuum. You can't tell me nine wins isn't achievable for this football team. If obviously they hit him. Free- Hold on, I can't. I can't hear anything. My AC is on. It literally, literally came on. Like, as I am literally about to play this. Hold on. Let me turn off my AC. I don't. Give me like two seconds. I'm going to have to pee really soon because I got like four more hours left. Not great for me. 
got like four more hours left. I'm like, bro, like, let's turn some of this stuff down. Here we go. So, oh, gosh. So, Detroit Lions fans are like, you know what, Dan Campbell, I remember, I, I couldn't even, there was this clip of this guy that was saying, you know, Dan Campbell was super intelligent, and I was like, okay, like, let's, let's not, uh, let's not pull the, uh, not pull the strings here, but like, let's not just overinflate the issue here. So, I just had to just stop, I was like, I can't listen to this stuff, I was just like, alright, this is ridiculous, I can't, I can't just, I'm done, I'm out. Stop listening. But this is the clip, I think, where he talks about how they're going to win nine games. And tell me nine wins isn't achievable for this football team if obviously they hit in free agency. And I'm not expecting big signings, but mainly the draft. What are you doing in the draft? Are you going to address? Will you address linebacker, edge rusher, your secondary a little bit and get a wide receiver? If they do that. I mean, look, you saw them down the stretch. Jared Goff was 3-1 and one as the quarterback of this football team. Mm -hmm. The offense got so much better and improved so much, and they were very dynamic down the stretch. Look, does it bleed into next year? No, it doesn't, but I think... With so why... For, I, I gotta cut him off. Why would you talk about how the pass doesn't bleed into the... Like, I hate it whenever Lions fans go into, well, we won three out of four down the stretch, and it's just like, I don't care. I don't care. I love how he's just like, you know, our team played so much better down the stretch. Um, Define better. You know, you, you had a great game against Arizona. You lost to the Falcons, the dilapidated Falcons. You got your, wait, did you, are, did you say you won three of four? No, you didn't. You didn't win three of four. You idiot. Did he say he won three of four? I, bro, I got your schedule. I hate you, Lions fans. I hate you so much. Did he say they won three or four? You want to check that record again? Get a wide receiver? If they do that. I mean, look, you saw them down the stretch. Jared Goff was 3-1 and one as the quarterback of this football team. No, he didn't. No, he wasn't. I don't, actually, I don't know. I don't know if he was hurt or not. I don't really care. They were 2-2. Two and two. They lost to Atlanta, and then they lost to Seattle in two consecutive weeks. And then they would have lost to Green Bay if Green Bay had played Aaron Rodgers. So the whole three and one, oh, we're three and one down the stretch is bullshit. Did he play? Because that's bullshit. Tim Boyle played. So yeah, it's technically true. It doesn't matter though. Yeah, so Tim Boyle played. It doesn't matter. That shit doesn't, wait, where's he three and one? Three and one down the stretch? Where? Just saw David Bell just drop a really, really easy pass. Where are you three and one? Okay, so they played against the Packers. That's cool. They played against the Packers. They they won. Packer, but they lost against the Broncos. Oh my God, I hate these people. In the final five games, they were two and three. Traylon Burks just had an awesome. Deep ball. Traylon Burks making himself some money. <clears throat> I'm just going to say had a good combine. But Traylon had a good 
combine. Is that Jahan Dotson? I think so. Yep. Yeah. I'll just star him. Anyways, um, I mean, look, like, like even their wins, right? Even their like, oh my god, we we won X amount of games, like all that stuff, like, bro, they're all asterisks. Like, you barely beat the Vikings, and the Vikings are a terrible football team, or they were a terrible football organization. Mike Zimmer was like, bro, I gotta get Kirk Cousins the fuck out of here. Mike Zimmer started to badmouth Kirk Cousins, things of that nature behind his back. I re I saw the Cowboys game again where Kirk Cousins lost to Cooper Cup, and I was just like, that dude is just missing easy passes. What do you mean? You guys won three of one. We're just putting asterisks on things now? Three of one down the stretch. You guys lost to the Bears and the Browns. Where's the three and one? How many games did they win in the final eight games? You guys let me count the loss. Let me count the uh yeah, let me count the losses. You guys lost to the Browns, the Bears, the Broncos, you guys lost to the Falcons, the Seattle Seahawks, and you would have lost to the Packers. You guys barely beat the Packers B team, and you guys wanna <laughs> for yourselves. Get over yourselves. That's ridiculous. One, two, three, four, five. You were five you were three of five in the final eight games of the season. You want to clap it up? Oh, Jared Goff played well down the stretch. Oh, my God. Three of five? Get over yourselves. Jared Goff had one of his worst statistical years last year. Continuing the streak, by the way. He didn't improve. He was the exact same player. We can win nine games next year. Okay. Okay. I got something for you. That's just a start. We're just just warming up. Just getting a little bit. Just getting started. For some weird reason, they... Detroit Lions fans, they make up this rule, this weird rule that if they draft a quarterback, they then are on some type of a clock for winning, right? They're they're like, you know, if we draft Malik Willis, uh, we're on a clock. We're on a clock now because Malik Willis better win. We're a clock. 24, we're on some dumb arbitrary clock that nobody's heard of, that nobody's co-signed, nobody's heard of this. Supposed clock. Nobody cares. We're idiots. We're morons. We don't know anything well, about football. Well, uh, Tom Izzo, more, better coach. You know, great win. Sorry. My computer was bugging for like two seconds. But we're on some arbitrary dumbass clock. Here they are talking about it. Field. And that helped Michigan total their percentage from the field to 60%. So not only were they shooting 60% from the field. My bad. I have no idea where this timestamp is. Where is it? Oh, this is the wrong video. My bad. Here we go. I apologize. Here's the arbitrary clock analogy that they're going to give me. A whole new, new thing coming. 
Because what happens when you take a quarterback, my friends, is your GM is on the hot seat, and so is your head coach immediately. Why? Why? Why are they on a hot seat? See, if you're rational, if you're intelligent about it, you would acknowledge that it takes time to develop a quarterback, to surround them with weapons, offensive linemen, and a running game. And also for them to develop as an NFL player. Like if you were smart, if you were rational, you would be like, oh yeah, um, it takes time. He won't be ready for two to three years, regardless of who he is. I love Mac Jones. He's not ready. He's not, maybe not ready is the best way to describe it. He is not at his ceiling yet. He's not. That's fine. He doesn't need to be for them to win games and to go to the Pro Bowl. But he's not there yet. So why is the the lofty expectations, the lofty dreams? This is what I'm talking about with um, uh, just unintelligible people talking about sports where people are like, it, the, the, they got went with four. I'm like, no, they don't. Who said so? You? You and your 50-something win football? T- you, you and your team that hasn't won a Super Bowl ever? Two playoff, one playoff victory, I think, in 50 years? You sure do know, you you say you know more than me? Okay. You know, he calls one guy ignorant. He calls Troy Vinson, who said that Detroit should take Malik Willis at two ignorant. I'm like, okay. Okay. Continuing forward. The clock starts ticking the moment they go all in on a quarterback. You need to understand that. See, what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have going for them is they traded away Matthew Stafford for Goff and two first-round picks, correct? And a third-round pick. Yep. Now, are you really going to beat down Brad Holmes two years from now if they're still losing games and Jared Goff is just awful? No. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It's a weird rationale, right? It's just like, wait, so we're just not going to hold the team accountable and responsible if they're still a dumpster fire three years later? Folks, I always have a rule. You fire, you fire your head coach after three years if he hasn't gone to the playoffs. You, hi, you fire your GM probably within four to five. He's not very far behind him. Just that simple. Just that simple. So you're telling me year three, year four, if he isn't winning, or in three years they still aren't winning, that I would keep my GM and my head coach? Well, that's stupid. But what would I expect? That's something that a Detroit Lions fan would suggest continuing forward you, you can never guarantee you'll be in a position to grab a quarter this by the way context is them talking about how they brought how jared goff brought stability to the team but all i know is this draft no and we went through it you need an edge rusher that should be your first pick the last pick in the draft there's so many other holes on this team you need to fill and that's why jared goff was brought here for stability and he's done a good job of that so far in his first season had some ups and downs but no one was healthy so give the guy a chance at least this so no one was healthy frank ragnow he wasn't healthy i guess he wasn't what about panay he was out there right mon ross ain't brown he was out there deandre swift jamal williams Ring a bell? You know, it's funny. People want to say that, you know, he brought stability. I'm like, so three wins is stability? 
I mean, again, for a Detroit, I'm asking, you know, for a Detroit Lions fan, I guess it is. But, you know, for any intelligible fan, I, I mean, I guess it isn't. By the way, Calvin Austin, the wide receiver out of Memphis, is having a field day. As well as this other guy, Kevin Austin. Austin. Tearing it up. Here's David Bell. Hold on. We'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about the combine here. Don't worry. Just interested. I got a lot of different interests. Jared Goff, 19 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 91.5 passer rating. All of those statistics below average. He missed games. He had a terrible touchdown-interception ratio. He had 3,200 yards. According to Detroit Lions fans, they took the ball out of his hands because he's terrible at what he does. He's terrible at throwing the football. They had to run the football because they were like, oh, crap, we can't, we can't use this guy. He's not very good. He had his ups and downs. I refer to you the Steelers game. I refer to you, no NFL quarterback should play at that bad of a level. It's why I'm like, it's why I'm out. I'm like, if you think that this guy after playing that game is a good quarterback, I'm like, I, I can't help you. I really can't. You're irredeemable. You're unhelpful. I cannot, you'll never understand what it means and what it takes to be a winning, a, a fan of a winning team and of a winning culture. If you think that Jared Goff after playing that horse shit of a game has brought stability to your franchise. I can't help you. I just, I can't. They asked a question. It's a beautiful question. They asked the question. Let me go back to the video. They asked the question of who's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, I think, in this draft. Let's listen in. Nobody has to love Jared Goff, but what you, what you can appreciate about Jared Goff is he brings you stability at that let position. Me, let me ask you this. Is there a quarterback in this draft class that you believe has a higher ceiling than Jared Goff? The only Listen to this next part. It's really interesting. One, and I'm not even sure, is Malik Willis because, really? of, because of the athletic ability. But still, who should, how do I know that he'll be better than Jared Goff? Am what I is that? Hold on. First and foremost, okay, it's your job to know if he's better than Jared Goff. It's your job. It sounds like you know, but you don't want to admit it. Okay? How do you not know? You're supposed to be an evaluator. I'm an evaluator. I can tell you right now. I put Malik Willis on the Detroit Lions. He's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. I can tell you that right now. I can put, you know, I can put Malik Willis on the Rams, and I can give, I can give Jared Goff the Rams. And in fact, we know how good Jared Goff is. It's a trick question. He's not very good when he's on the Rams, when he was on the Rams. I, like, I can put him back on the Rams. He would be terrible. I can put Malik Willis on the Rams. He would be great. Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. Just that simple. They asked the question, who, I, not even ask the question. They first ask, redundantly, who's better than Jared Goff? I, I don't know he's better. It's your job to know. Second of all, listen to this. They're like, well, is he better? It, like, is Malik Willis better? Why is he so great? Why does he have Brings a better ceiling? stability at that let position. Me, let me ask you this. Is there a quarterback in this draft class that you believe has a higher ceiling than Jared Goff? The only one, and I'm not even sure, is Malik Willis. Because How are you not sure? You should be watching him. You should be watching him. 
because of the athletic ability. But still, who's sh how do I know that he'll be better than Jared Goff? Am what I that sure? What does athletic ab ability mean, right? Because his ability to extend plays. I think that'll go farther than Jared. Now, is, is he more is accurate? Is he a quarterback? Is he able to understand coverages? So this guy essentially just said a bunch of buzzwords. He's just like, is he a, is he a quarterback? Does he understand? Yes, he's, yes. Yes, he's a quarterback. Yes. Con congratulations. You can read two letters off of a, uh, a piece of paper. Yes, he's a quarterback. Things that dissect, go into it. Uh, yeah. I mean, look. Dissect, uh, uh, I'll just try and say stuff because I've never evaluated a quarterback in my entire life, even though it's my job to do that. I know he played at Liberty, all right? And if oh, and now he's going to bring up the competition, like everybody else does. Chandler can come from Wyoming into the NFL, so can Malik Willis, whatever. I'm not going to completely throw him under the rug, but I don't, I don't see Malik Willis as the guy with the highest upside. Why? Because he's got a rocket arm and can move? Yes. 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 That's the concept, right? Like, I... I feel like I'd like this is day one type of stuff. Like the reason why he has a higher ceiling is because he has he is better athletically gifted than every quarterback in the draft. So because of that, he has a higher ceiling because there's some attributes of his game that can be improved, like accuracy, quote unquote, but we know that that's footwork that can be improved with time and just effort and with just teaching, good teaching. Again, this is like this this is stuff that we shouldn't have to explain to professionals, but we have to explain to professionals because they don't take their jobs very seriously. Continuing forward. Okay. Who are the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl this year? Take a guess. Oh, two pocket quarterbacks. Two pocket passers. Yeah. Joe Burrow. So they so they don't understand the um the aspects of pocket quarterbacks. There's there's no such thing as a pure pocket passer in the NFL. There, there is no such thing. Joe Burrow, they're mentioning, they're referencing Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford. I'll just fast forward the metaphor. They're going to bring up the conference quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like, look, the best quarterbacks in the NFL aren't pocket passers, aren't pure pocket passers. A pure pocket passer is like Drew Brees, okay? Every quarterback has some form or variation of mobility. They may be slightly geared towards it. They may be significantly geared towards it like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and even Joe Burrow, okay? There's no um, specifically – there's no specific pocket passer. And then if you want to use that dumbass uh, like, um, example, we can then be like, well, okay, sure, fine. Um, Matt Stafford is quote-unquote a pure pocket passer even though he got a bunch of first downs rushing, by the way, in the Super Bowl. But that's fine. That, you know, we, we'll just ignore that. But who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Oh, that's Patrick Mahomes. Who's the second best quarterback in the NFL? Oh, that's Josh Allen. Oh, they're both non-pocket. They're the mobile quarterbacks. They can they can pass in the pocket. Then it's like you have Joe Burrow and then Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. This is in no particular order, by the way, for people who are like, oh, my God, this player's over this player. No particular order. Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Are those guys pure pocket passers? Dummy. I think not. Here's one more clip of them saying that um, that that they're going to win nine, ten games with Jared Goff. Football games, he can win you ten, eleven, twelve games. Mm -hmm. You, if you have the right coach, if Dan Campbell is that guy, 
and you hit a home run this draft and get two, three players that can contribute right away, which you absolutely should. You don't tell me you can't win football games this year. You don't tell me you can't win football games by year three. Okay, so a little bit of context about that. Um, for everybody out there that wants to just say that they can win football games whenever they want to win football games. So, problem with saying that you can win X amount of football games in X amount of time, space, or whatever. Problem with saying all that is that you actually have to have a body of work to prove that, okay? Um, I like to essentially talk about Dak Prescott, not Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys, right? So, the Dallas Cowboys, they essentially had, like, one of the worst special teams, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, kind of a, um, a inconsistent offense, et cetera, et cetera. And it took them about two years to rebuild that defense, right? Took them really a year to get the offense going with Kellen Moore and the Cowboys offense, okay? In that two years, they dedicated one first-round draft pick to Micah Parsons. Why don't I just pull it up instead of trying to go off the top of my head, okay? Let me show you something. For every, Vi not Vikings, every um, dumbass fucking Lions fan that wants to be like, we're going to win nine games next year. We're just going to win nine games next year. It's just like, okay, you're you're dumb. Let me show you something. So, actually, I got to go look at their draft picks here. Oh, wait, here it is. So, sorry about that. So, Dallas, these last two years under Mike McCarthy, have um, gotten, and these are defensive players, out of how many, how many picks? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Out of 18 draft picks, they have used... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve on defensive players. Twelve out of eighteen. And two of the uh, the picks that they used on Matt Farniak and on Ben DiNucci were seventh round draft picks. So just count those out. So we're now talking about sixteen legitimate draft picks and one of those being Josh Ball who will probably never see the light of day and Tyler Biedak who's their center who they're looking to replace right now so they have essentially spent zero draft capital on their offense and they have consistently relied on getting draft picks or excuse me using their draft picks on defensive players that's what the Dallas Cowboys have done in the last two years. And they have rebuilt their defense to a expert, to a high, high, high level, to some of the highest of levels in the NFL. With Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs and um, Osa Digizua and Neville Gallimore and potentially um, Kelvin Joseph as well. That's what the Cowboys did in the last two years. 12 of 18. 12 of 18 defensive guys. Remind me again, 
how many draft picks of the Lions were spent on defensive players? What was the commitment? Do you, does the Lions, do they have a Micah Parsons? Did they get Micah Parsons in the first round? No. Did the Lions get a C.D. Lamb? Or excuse me, a Calvin Joseph? Or an Osa Digizuwa? The Dallas Cowboys spent two first, two third round, yeah, two third round draft picks on the exact same position to rebuild their defense. And then they also went out and they got two nose tackles as well. Okay. All right. The Detroit Lions, they say that they're going to win nine games this year. I say they're going to win six. The Detroit Lions are like, ha, I don't want Malik Willis. Like Malik Willis is about to blow up the combine. He's coming up real fast. Don't worry. Hold on. Do I have anything else? Because I'm done with these people. Um, Some of it's incoherent. Some of it's about, like, it's tough to rebuild a roster around a QB and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay. And how, like, Jared Goff may not be the franchise quarterback, which I find hilarious that they're like, they, they know that he's not the franchise quarterback, but they're trying to create excuses. Check this out. He may not be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He may not even be a franchise quarterback. He may not even be a franchise quarterback. I mean, it's not that he may not be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Then they go on this um, this monologue about Kyle Hamilton, and they're like, um, you know, Kyle Hamilton is a uh, is is a you know like I don't, I don't even know what he said. Let me play it. Would we care right now <laughs> if he was selected in the second round? Would Lions fans care about his injuries right now going into next season? Oh yeah, I remember this. So they essentially talked about Kyle Hamilton. And they had all of these really, really dumb comparisons to Kyle Hamilton. And I was just like, wait, what, what, how, how are they talking about Kyle Hamilton? Let's check in and find out. No. You take Kyle Hamilton at number two overall, and his first five seasons, he better be an all-pro three or four times. He better have about anywhere from 18 to 22 interceptions. He better be a top three graded PFF player for the next three to five years. Okay. So just to like understand how ridiculous that is, uh, let's pull up the two best safeties in the NFL, right? Or two of the best. Actually, you know what? Let's go with like three of the best safeties in the NFL. Let's go with, and then I'll pee. Uh, Let's, let's talk about this and then I'll go pee and then we'll get back to the combine. I apologize that. We're not like super into the combine, but yeah, like I know we've been bouncing around, but that's kind of the point. There's been a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, what was it? Let me um, let me pull up this guy. Let me pull up um, this guy. And then let me also pull up, what is it? Where's this guy? Actually, let me pull up this guy. And then one more player. Who was I thinking of? Oh, yes. 
Okay, so he said three or four all pros, which are really, really hard to get. Um, that's probably not going to happen. He also said 18 to 22 interceptions within four years. I'm looking at Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the best safeties in the NFL. He has 13 in five years. Kevin Byard, one of the best safeties in the NFL. He has 23 in six years. Okay. Buda Baker, he has five in five years. Okay. Duran James has five in three years. Okay. Just so we understand, like, just how absurd it is to demand that your safety gets, like, 18 to 22 interceptions in, you know, in three to four years. Like, that's asinine. Like, nobody does that. Like, did Ed Reed do that? Did he get 22 interceptions at the prime of his career? I want to see that. Maybe he did. I highly doubt it, but. Like, in his best career, in his best years, when was he in his prime? Where's his interceptions? He had nine interceptions in 2004. And then he had seven in 2003. And then he had five. So that's 21 in three years. So essentially he would have to be Ed Reed, which there's no, like Ed Reed may be the greatest safety of all time. So you want your number two draft pick. So you want your, you want your draft pick to be Ed Reed is essentially what you're telling me. Okay. Okay. Which, by the way, I, like, I think that that's ridiculous. Just so we're clear. I'm like, I don't expect Kyle Hamilton to be Ed Reed. I think that's ridiculous. So, yeah, that's why I'm done with the Detroit Lions. Uh, we will never talk about these people ever again, except in a hilarious outlet to, well, to essentially mock them, to be like, ha-ha, look at how ridiculous these people are, and um, to essentially talk about how stupid they are. Um, I got to go to the bathroom. I've been holding it for like two hours. I'll be back in a couple of minutes where we will fully dive in to the combine. Can't wait. 24 podcast.
Welcome back. After a very, very quick bathroom break, I'm back. Um, we have been essentially discussing, maybe not discussing, let me turn off everything here. Hold on. We've been talking a whole lot about quarterbacks. We've been talking a whole lot about uh, other players. We've been briefly t been talking about the draft and the combine here. And I think it's important because we got a lot of really, really... Sorry if you can't hear me that well. Hold on! Alright, sorry about that. We got a lot of really, really important players here coming up very, very quickly. Looks like Kenny Pickett will actually run his 40 time. Finally, a quarterback uh, will run his 40. Malik Willis won't. He's already confirmed. So, we've had um, we've had a lot of wide receivers go through, and I just want to hit on some of the wide receivers that had a great day today um, at the Combine. So, if you don't know how the Combine essentially works, about half of the Combine's players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, etc., will go through the first half of the Combine. And then in the second half of the Combine, that's when the other half will go. So, um, it looks like the second half is ab absolutely freaking loaded. Desmond Ritter is going to be um, running. I think Malik Willis, I'm watching him getting warmed up. He looks great. He looks great in the athletic tights. He's not going to run, unfortunately. Why won't he run? I have no idea. I, I don't know why. Drake London um, Jalen Tolbert, Alec Pierce, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I don't know if they're going to run per se, but they're all going to compete. They're all going to catch a lot of passes. They're all going to throw a lot of passes. Desmond Ritter, Carson Trump, all these guys. I'm super excited for it. Uh, we're about to get right into it. First, I want to hit on some of the guys that had a great day. Um, Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks, their first round draft picks, not even close. Especially Traylon Burks. He did everything, you know, it's weird watching Traylon Burks play and even at the combine because Traylon did everything that you want from a wide receiver. He was smooth. He, um, he had great strides. He was great as a route runner. He didn't run as fast as um, I wanted him to. He ran a 4-5-0. That's fine. But Traylon was just, he was just, he was one of the more, technical mechanical receivers of the day he just did everything and you would expect with his frame that he would kind of slack off or maybe not slack off is the best way but he wouldn't be as methodical and technical as you want him to be hold on hold on but he was he did everything that i wanted him to with a 6-3 frame 220 ran a 4-5 you're like all right he's gonna be a handful in the nfl He's going to be maybe a top 10, top 20 pick. I would, be, I would be shocked now that he tested that well at the combine and that he um, that he worked out so well at the combine. I would be shocked if he wasn't a top 20 player in the draft. He was excellent. Traylon Burks was excellent. Jahan Dotson was excellent as well. Ran a 4-4-1. I thought he was going to run a 4-3. That is fine as well. Excellent receiver. Great hands. Nice route running. Showed just how quick he can be getting in and out of his cuts. I was watching him. 
as I was going on my rants and all my monologues. He was fantastic. He hit every. He did everything that I wanted him to do when it came to the uh, the quick slants, the goes, the um, the digs, the deep outs. Like he did. He hit everything. Every route. Excuse me. On the route tree, he was fantastic today. Jahan Dotson is a player to definitely watch out for in the draft, as well as David Bell. He had an okay day at the combine. He ran significantly slower than I thought he would. He had some concentration issues in the combine as well. I was kind of shocked to see that he would um, have those issues, and it just it was not his day today. It, it, it wasn't even close. I thought he was a first rounder definitively he may slide for me a little bit but I mean like everything that I saw on his game uh does not suggest that he runs a 4-6 and that he does have concentration issues it's like the complete opposite it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when I watched David Bell today versus when I've seen him uh display in general Calvin Austin had a really really awesome day today I don't know where he's on um a lot of people's draft boards I don't really care. I think he's probably a second rounder at minimum. I mean, he did. You know what I liked about Calvin Austin? Calvin Austin ran a 4-3-2-40, and I was like, he's done. You know, I don't need to look at his second 40 time. Ran a 4-3-2-40, but still had, because he's so short, he's my height. He's five foot seven. He still had the agility to be able to get in and out of his breaks. So he ran a really, really fast 40, but he's short. So he was able to you know, get in and out of his breaks. He ran great routes. He ran a great slant. He ran great digs and out routes and just these really, really deep go routes as well. I mean, and he had great adjustment to the football. I was really, really impressed with Calvin Austin today at today's combine. Sky Moore also had a pretty decent day as well, as well as Slade Bolden. Everything, um, with everything that doesn't require him to run very fast, uh, he was pretty decent in. He'll probably go somewhere in like the fifth round, maybe fourth round potentially as like a slot receiver. And he should. He's a, I, I don't hate him as a slot receiver, but he is. Like his his prognosis is he's a slot receiver. Slade Bolden. Kevin Awesome had a great day as well. As well as Vels Jones Jr. I have no idea what his first name is, but I'll just call him Vels. Vels Jones Jr., Kevin Austin, both of them ran like four three forties, and they also had awesome days as well. They were fantastic today. Is that it? Pretty much. Um, didn't really see a whole lot from Sam Howell that really makes me change my mind on anything that he is or does, uh, which is kind of disappointing. In fact, I saw things that kind of um, unfortunately confirmed the negative aspects of his game, which, again, is not good at all. And so, you know, we'll see what happens with um, with Sam. But, I mean, that was, not a, that was not a great showcase. That was not a great showing at all for Sam Howell. I'm a little bit – I'm a little I, – I feel bad for him a little bit because I, I just don't I, – I feel like – I, I just didn't like what I saw today from Sam Howell. I'm not going to lie to you. He, he made some good throws here and there, but, like, the consistent issues when it, with inaccuracy was very, very present and very prevalent during his workouts. So, yeah, it wasn't very good in total. So, overall, great day for Trey McBride. Um, 
Jelani Woods, among others, for the tight ends. And uh, just an overall great day for guys like Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks, especially Traylon. I, I don't necessarily know if his draft stock will increase um, depending on where you had him. I think that he's a lock. If, if he falls to the 20s, I think that's ridiculous. I think, I think teams have whiffed as we're now watching more quarterbacks run 40s. I got to write down Kenny. Uh, do I, I already wrote down Kenny Pickett's name. I'm good to go to record his official 40 time here. I don't know why I wrote down Carson Strong's 40 or Carson Strong's name. Carson Strong is not doing anything. He's not running. <laughs> I'm like, Carson Strong. Carson Strong ain't running. He's doing the furthest thing. He's standing. Standing in the pocket. Here's Kenny. Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pittsburgh, about to take off and run his 40. My guess is 4, 5, maybe 4, 6. 4, 6, 7. That's fine. Thought he was going to run a little bit faster. Actually, no, I didn't. I don't want to lie. Four, six, seven. Kenny Pickett. That's fine. I'm not going to lie to you. I um, I don't really want to watch the other quarterbacks throw and do anything. I kind of hate that they do invite so many quarterbacks to the combine. And then they don't use the quarterbacks that are really, really awesome in the combine. But, you know, you kind of have to be... I don't know, semi-respectful. Some people may ask, 24, what's a great combine time for a quarterback, right? Let's say they run a 4-4-40, right, as a wide receiver. A, a good time for a wide receiver somewhere between 4-4, 4-5. What's a good time for a quarterback? The answer to that is, well, it depends on what you want from your quarterback. What do you want him to do? Are, are you looking and not, are you evaluating a mobile quarterback? Is he? Do you want him to be mobile or semi-mobile? What's the objective? What's the plan here? You know, that's really what it's about. If you want a mobile quarterback, damn, Desmond Ritter just ran out, came out. Damn! Woo! <laughs> Desmond Ritter just ran that. God damn! Desmond, I was like, I was like, damn, De like I saw Desmond Ritter come out. Like Diana Ross or whoever sung that song. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. Everybody show. And then it got remixed into a Biggie Small small song. I'm coming. Ba -da -da -da. I'm coming out. More money, more problems. Desmond Ritter just came out. Just, just he came. That brother came out. He jumped out. That He freaking ran. He was hauling ass. Desmond Ritter. I love Desmond Ritter. Four, five, four. 40 for the big man, Desmond Ritter. That's a great 40 time for Desmond. Goodness gracious. Accuracy concerns are a consistent issue for Desmond. But you want to tell, but I talked about it. I'm like, before I saw Desmond Ritter, just absolutely freaking, Frank Wright is surprised. <clears throat> but like Desmond Ritter, right? Talked about him a little bit, right? Has accuracy concerns. I'm concerned about short passes. He's got all the traits for an NFL quarterback, right? But he just doesn't have the consistency that I want to see in a quarterback at the NFL stage. I think he's a pro I think he's a project. I think he needs time to develop as a quarterback. But he's got the attributes, and I like a lot of his attributes. And one thing that I do like is 
he will make very, very smart decisions. I always talk about smart decisions. I always say smart. One of the core aspects of being a quarterback is making smart decisions, and he will make smart decisions. The problem is he sometimes cannot execute on those smart decisions. He'll sometimes make an intelligent decision, and then he'll freaking um, just throw the football into the third stance, to the third rafters, third row in the stands. That's my problem with Desmond. But I love Desmond Ritter. Great job. He ran. He was. I mean, he was hauling ass. 4-5 for a quarterback. That's hauling ass. Going back to my original point. Sorry, I got, I got a little bit too excited. It depends on what you want your quarterback to do, right? If you want your quarterback to run away from people, 4-6, potentially 4-7. He doesn't have to be blazing. He doesn't have to be fast. He doesn't have to run a 4-4-4-3. You tell me a guy runs a 4-5, he's running by people, okay? He's running by people. However, there's certain guys that they're not going to run by. Like like Jalen Hurts, I think, ran a 4-5. He, he got chased down by Micah Parsons. He's not run by Micah and Devin White. But you can run away from a lot of linebackers in the NFL. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, sorry. I'm they're looking in on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, are you gonna say something interesting about the Dallas Cows Cowboys? Excuse me. They said nope. We're not gonna say anything. Anyways. You want your quarterback if you want your quarterback to run by guys, four six probably is where you want him to be at. Kenny Pickett can run by guys, but I'll say this. College speed and NFL speed are two different things. Just because Kenny Pickett can execute the, fl- the fake slide, excuse me, in college does not mean he can pull that shit in the NFL. Dudes are like, oh, Kenny Pickett runs a 4 6 7? Ah! We're ready to go. We're ready to hit up Kenny Pickett. Second attempt for Kenny. Looks like another 4 6. 4 6 9. He got worse. That's fine. You'll take that if you're Kenny Pickett. But damn, Desmond Ritter running out of, I mean, just go home, Desmond. Just go home. Just run run your happy ass on home. That's a great 40 time for Desmond. I'm just going to watch Desmond. Desmond's already getting ling- lingered up. What is it, limbered up? He's getting stretched out. Malik Willis probably would have run a 4-5 as well, 4-4. I don't know why he's not running. I'm a little bit sad that he's not running. See what happens here. Show me some of the uh, the other quarterbacks. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't care about some of these guys. I'm not a lot of you. Is Drake London not playing? We're not playing. Oh yeah, Drake London is not competing or not working out today because I think he has some t- type of an injury, like lower injury. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. Here we go, Desmond Ritter. Second attempt. First attempt. 4-5-40, blazing, quarterback out of Cincinnati. He's the exact archetype that you want in a quarterback. He's like 6-4, almost, 4-5-40, big, strong arm, big, powerful guy. He's off. Oh, God, this looks fast already. 4-4-9 four, four, for Desmond Ritter. Yikes. 
Yikes. Big, strong, fast. <sighs> blazing. Blazing. Blazing, blazing, blazing. Second round draft pick, in my opinion. He's a second rounder. But, I mean, that's a... It, hey, it depends on who you are. Do you want a quarterback? I, I don't think he's anywhere close to the first round. Like, not... No, I don't think... I mean, I mean he's close, but... I don't think he's close in the sense of, like, if I were to guess, do I think that he's, like, like, I don't think he's a top 30 player. But somebody's going to kind of get lucky with Desmond and be like, oh, he's a pretty awesome prospect. We can kind of develop him for a year and do all that other good stuff. It kind of just depends on the team. But, I mean, the problem is is that there's so many awesome football teams offensively that already have a quarterback so it's just like you know and then there's going to be Kenny and Malik and all these other guys that are going to kind of be floating around that are probably going to be drafted before Desmond like maybe to the Vikings or whatever maybe they'll go maybe the Vikings will take a chance on Malik and then it's just like okay cool we don't necessarily need to draft Desmond I feel bad for Desmond he's in a really awkward place but Desmond Ritter is a really really awesome quarterback now they go from quarterbacks to wide receivers like like that like in the snap of a finger fingers excuse me and here we have the absolute fantastic player out of Ohio State his name is Chris Olave he's 187 I think he's gonna run maybe a 4-3 I'm putting myself out there 4-3 potentially oh hold on say at the I got to turn everything I'm, I have the fans on I got my dehumidifier on let me turn everything off I can't fucking hear myself think hold on I always go to bat for my guys I always go to bat for my people for my guys I said it once I said it twice I said it three times I used the Justin Herbert analogy I'm going to talk about Malik. He's going to get going. He's going to get throwing. I've been saying it since last year. I said that Chris Olave is going to be the number one draft pick this year. People have been underrating him. I think he's the best wide receiver in this draft period, in this draft class, period. This brother right here just ran a 4-2-6. As a route running wide receiver, for those of you who don't know how fast that is, that is incredible. He almost just broke the single, the combine record, okay? He almost broke it. I said, I'm going to put myself out there. I believe in my guy. He's going to run a 4-3. He exceeded my expectations. I'm watching it again. Combine, Chris Olave, go get you 4-2-6. I don't know what the fuck the broadcast is talking about. They're talking about something stupid. 426 four, for Chris Olave. Take some of that, Michigan. Take some of that. 426 route running wide receiver. Guess what just happened to Chris Olave's stock? It just absolutely skyrocketed 
I buy low. I'm not even going to sell high. I'm going to hold my damn stock because his price just went up. Like Lil Uzi Vert in prices. I just went up in my price. I just went up in my price. Slide. I don't know what he says there. Oh, my God. Chris Olave with a 42640. The tape that he's put on is, I mean, that's just fantastic. That is just absolutely fantastic. I, I, I always tell you, I ride for my guys. I always ride for my guys. George Pickens coming up next. That's another one of my guys. I love me some George Pickens. Tore his ACL in his spring game. 6'3", 195 pounds, big-ass wide receiver. I'm going to say 4'4", potentially 4'3". I'm not really sure how he's going to fare with the injury. Let's see. George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. He's not running a 4'3". <laughs> he's not running a 4'3". <laughs> he ran a 4'4". I'm like, I don't know how he's going to do with that with his injury. I'm not really going to be that concerned. But I, I, I was like, I saw him come out. I was like, he, he ain't running a 4. He ain't running a 4-3. Four, 4-4 four, is great. I'm like, he ain't running a 4-3. Alec Pierce, wide receiver. I think Chris Olave is going home. Chris Olave is dapping people up. He's like, hey, man, I made it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. Chris Olave, and again, I said, I said it before. I'm like, he's, I don't know why people have Garrett Wilson over Chris Olave. I love Garrett Wilson. I love Chris Olave. I don't get it. I felt, I felt Chris Olave was the man. I felt like he was the best wide receiver. I mean, not on the team, but he was on the because Jackson Smith Njigba for Ohio State. I felt like he was awesome, but I just I didn't understand why people liked Garrett Wilson over Chris Olave. That's not a slight to Garrett Wilson. He's a great wide receiver. He's one of the best in the draft. I just felt that Chris Olave was running by people with his speed. But then he also was able to create separation at the top of his routes, lowered his hips, dipped those hips, got in and out of his breaks like that, like I mean, like butter, like butter, smooth like butter, like he was, uh, like he was uh, th- that that K-pop band. Oh my god! Oh my god! Alec Pierce, another one of my brothers, another one of my guys, just absolutely ran out of the stadium. A four three. 340. I'll talk about Alec Pierce in a couple of minutes. Let me tell you something right now. Chris Olave, 426, blazingly fast wide receiver, can get in and out of his breaks, get in and out of his cuts. Big ass, not big ass. He's six foot. He's like 187. He's perfect. Oh my God. Chris, I, I've been saying it for months. I don't get it. I have no idea why people think that Chris Olave. Here's Charleston Rambo out of o- Oklahoma, formerly of Oklahoma. That's fine. 453, Charleston Rambo. Charleston. I love me some Charleston Rambo. Four. Good time. Good time. Back to Chris Olave. Let me unplug my computer for really fast. Hold on. Ladies, I've been talking about it. I've been talking about Chris Olave. 426, blazingly fast. Did exactly what I talked about. I said, I don't understand why people have him all the way in the 30s to like the Chiefs. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. It didn't make any sense to me. I was like, Chris Olave is exactly what you want from an NFL wide receiver. 426, fastest, fast, one of the fastest wide receiver times ever in the history of the combine. 
And then you got another one of my guys in Alec Pierce. I've loved this guy ever since I saw Cincinnati play up against Georgia in the bowl game last year. Alec Pierce was Desmond Ritter's guy in Cincinnati. And I did not expect him to run a 4-3-3-40 ever. I didn't, Chris Olave has the third fastest time at the combine for a wide receiver, by the way. I did not expect Alec Pierce to run a 4-3-3. Big physical wide receiver. He's maybe six foot. He's kind of like Mike Evans. He, scratch that. He, he is like Mike Evans. Great route runner. Good enough route runner. Can dip his hips. Can do, you know, can do the hips don't lie like Shakira. I'm on tonight and I'm a hips don't lie and I'm starting to feel it's right. Hips don't lie. Alec Pierce can dip his hips. His hips don't lie like Shakira. Right? But now he can run out of the damn stadium as well. 4-3-3. Blazingly fast. Blazingly fast wide receiver. That doggone Alec Pierce, Chris Olave. they just made themselves a lot of money. A lot of money. How much money? A lot of money. A lot of money. I'm telling you. Like, hey, like, like, I just got to ask you the question. Do you believe me now? I go to bat for my guys. I got, hold on, hold on. Let me play you a song. No, I'm not going to play you a song. I was going to play you Ooh by, by, um, by, uh, Remy Ma or something like that. I forgot her name. I always write for my guys. That's the bro code. I ride for my guys. That's the bro code. They hate it, but they don't know. I don't mean to bring up my past wins again, but I, I got to bring up my past wins. Justin Herbert. Talked about him. Talked about Justin. I, I mean, I even talked about Justin Jefferson. I was like, he had a great combine. This is before I did evaluation and stuff like that. That was my first combine in 2020. I was like, he, this guy had a really, really great combine. I don't know why people are talking about him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Alec Pierce is one of my guys. George Pickens coming off of a t- ACL tear minimum play. 4-4-3-40. Charleston Rambo, a guy I really, really like. He's one of my guys. Four, maybe not one of my guys. He's outside He's outside of the uh, the fraternity. He's outside the brotherhood. He ran a 4-5-3. He, he ran a okay 40. Chris Olave, 4-2-6. Jahan Dotson, 4-4-1. Wanted to get that down a little bit, wanted him to run a 4-3, that's fine. Traylon Burks, 4-5-40. Let me tell you something. You're one of my guys, you're winning. We haven't even seen Malik Willis throw a damn pass yet. I'm already excited. I'm already juiced up. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Getting a little bit fired up. Third fastest time at the combine goes to Chris Olave, 4-2-6. Blazingly fast wide receiver. I'm going to get to watch uh, Jalen Tolbert here in a couple of minutes. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver out of, I don't even know where the fuck he's from. He's supposed to be fast. I like to watch fast. I don't know where he's from. God damn! Baylor's wide receiver, Taquan Thornton, just ran out of the stadium. He just set the new combine record for the fastest 40 ever. Taquan Thornton just ran a 4-2-1. Official fastest time on record.
Hold on. Tyquan J Thornton just ran the fuck out of the gym, and Jalen Tolbert, he's not running 4-3. He just stumbled. He ran a 4-5. If he didn't stumble, he probably would have ran a 4-3. Jalen Tolbert, <clears throat> one of the better wide receivers in the draft here. That Tyquan Thornton, his unofficial time, I guess, is 4-2-1. I don't know if it is. If he if he ran if he just ran a 4-2-1, that is a combi a new record. Tyquan Thornton. Jesus Christ. I can't wait to see some of these guys get out there and start running routes. What the fuck is going on? I'm seeing so many damn wide receivers hit 4-2-8s. Tyquan Thornton. Uh, uh Chris Olave. This guy out of North Dakota State, Christian Watson, Trey Lance's boy from NDSU, he just ran a 4-2-8 as well. Setting new combine records, getting getting in the top 10 all-time combine speed. What the fuck is going on? 4-2-8 for Christian Watson. We got another guy running 4-3-9 out of the University of North Iowa. University of Northern Iowa, I think that's what it's saying. I don't, I don't know. Got some Blazers in this draft. I didn't expect some of this speed. I knew, I, I knew, I knew Chris Olave was fast. I knew he was fast. I did not know he was four two six fast. I said four three. Garrett Wilson. He's a uh oh. He may run four two. He he. I was about to say he's he may run four two, but I knew he was going to run four three. Well, everybody's running out the fuck out of the gym right now. Woo! Running the fuck out of the gym. Jesus Christ. Both the uh, the uh, the Buckeyes, they just ran for, I mean, they're blazingly fast. I can't wait to see Tyquan, Tyquan Thornton run again, 4-2-1. God damn. Mm. Go home. Thornton, just go home. Tyquan, get your ass home. You did enough today. He did enough today. Where's Chris Olave? Are they doing quarterbacks again? OP. Oh, I guess Chris Olave is like, fuck this 40. I'm I'm not running again. Chris Olave is like, I'm not running again. You think I'm running again? Ruin my 40 time. <laughs> I'm not running again. Tyquan, get your ass home. You don't need to run again. And some other guy run. George Pickens is about to run again. <clears throat> got this guy, Kyle Phillips, ran a 4-5-40. It's a great day to be a guy that's blessed by 24. Jesus Christ. It's also a great day to be me. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. All, like, listen, this is why you watch 24's podcast. All of my guys are absolutely dominating the combine. Malik Willis is about to dominate. That's fine. All of my guys. Traylon Burks, he's one of my guys. Chris Olave, one of my guys. George Pickens, one of my guys. Alec Pierce, one of my guys. I've been talking about Alec Pierce for like a year. Garrett Wilson, one of my guys. David Bell, he's one of my guys. He did not dominate. He he actually had not not necessarily the best combine. He's one of my guys. I still back I, I still back David Bell. I'm not getting off the David Bell uh, train, but I'm not picking him over Chris Olave. George Pickens just ran out the gate. He's pissed off. He wants to run fast. He got a 4-4-40. Oh, my goodness. 
I mean, granted, it, it's not that much of an unexpected. He, he, you know, I don't know. Oh, he's doing the granny. He's doing the granny. Yo, Joe, Joe, he's doing the granny. Oh my God. Jordan, you know, it's fine. You know, four four. I wanted him to run four three potentially, but I'm like, I don't know about the ACL. He just came back a couple of months ago. I'm fine with George Pickens running a 4440. That's great speed. He's 63. He's about 200 pounds. He's fine. That's a fine time for George Pickens. Second round draft pick, second rounder, really has struggled last couple of years. Had the injury, struggled before this uh, the injury in the uh, against Cincinnati, uh, excuse me, before the spring game after the Cincinnati Bowl game. Let me tell you something. That guy George Pickens he may be an interesting, nice little pickup in the second round, but George Pickens, tip of the cap. Is Tyquan Thornton running again? I don't think so. No. <laughs> Tyquan Thornton ran that 4 2 1. He's like, I'm out. Hey, I'm going home. I'm running. I, hey, I broke the combine record. I'm the new combine record holder, bitch. I'm going home. I'm Tyquan Thornton. I'm running home. I'm so fast, the Flash can't see me. I'm like John Cena. The Flash can't see me. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Just finished off my my cup of, not my cup, but my, my water in a can. Because that's a thing now. Did you know water is now in a can? It's not liquid death. It's something else. <clears throat> you can't buy any liquid death. Got something else. Something I can't buy. I just don't have it. I live in the country in Florida. It's like we don't have any 7-Elevens or Whole Foods. <clears throat> Charleston Rambo. One of my guys from Oklahoma. Transferred to University of Miami. Excited to see him run again. 4-5-3 was his original time. His second. Oh, he's blazing. He may run a 4-4. He's still got a four five one Taekwon, I love that Taekwon just he just he just said fuck it I'm out fuck it I'm out I'm done. Chris Olave's like I'm done too, bro. Four two six Taekwon Thornton. You know what sucks? <clears throat> I think Garrett Wilson did he also pull his ass out? No, he did. I was like, did Garrett Wilson pull himself out? No, I don't. You know what I love and hate about the Combine? Some of the top prospects, they're like, I did what I needed to do here today. Chris Olave is like, I ran 4-2. I ran 4-2, bitch. <laughs> Taekwon Thornton's like, I ran 4-2-1. I'm, I'm excited to see some of these guys. Oh, wait. It's like one guy was really moving like he was moving fast, and he ran a 4-4-7. Four, four, <clears throat> um, anyways. The thing that sucks whenever you do great at the combine, whenever you test great like Chris Olave just did, uh, they just don't compete. Compete is a bad word. They don't work out. It's not that they don't compete. I mean, Chris Olave competed. He's one of the best in the draft. It's just like, you know, he competed. He won. Chris Olave may be a, may be a top 10 pick now. Like, I've constantly gone over uh, some mock drafts here and there, and I've talked about it, I think, on the podcast. If I haven't, I apologize. I've always kind of looked at Chris Olave as like, you know, somebody that people have misevaluated. They're going to go back and they're going to watch this tape now. <clears throat> they're going to watch it again. 
But Chris, I was like, Chris, you know, I, I said, um, I said like the Jets, for example, are a really, really interesting team in the top 10. They got two top 10 picks. And I was like, you know, I keep seeing people mock Kavion Thibodeau to either the Giants or the Texans or whatever. And then the Jets, they get an offensive lineman. But if you were, for example, to tell me that the Jets at number 10th overall, because some of those teams don't necessarily need a wide receiver. If you were to tell me that the Jets were then to get Chris Alave, pair him with Elijah um, with, I think I, I forgot his first name, but I think his last name is Elijah. And then you were to just to say, Hey, go play football, Zach Wilson with two burners, one really, really awesome route runner and an awesome offensive line with Michael Carter, who's an awesome running back. And then we potentially are going to get some corner in the second round because you know, people are undervaluating some of the corners like Andrew Booth Jr. And then maybe we get maybe a pass rusher as well. Shoot, man. Like, hey, man, Jets Jets may be rolling this year. Another guy that may be rolling. Let's check out Jalen Tolbert. Ran a 4-5-40. I think he can run a little bit faster. I think 4-4 is well within his range here. <clears throat> he just stumbled out the gate. He came out of the gate in like a Bronco, and he was tripping over his own legs like in Shark Tale. He tripped over air. He's blazing now. Yep, 4-4. I told you he could run a 4-4. Technically, he ran a fo fo fo. Ran all fours. Where's he on my list? Here he is. He ran a four. Four. I told you, he stumbled out the gate. He stumbled out the gate first. If he didn't stumble out the gate, blazing. <clears throat> Anyways, these wide receivers, man. It's uh, it's it's really really top heavy. I'll say that there's some really ridiculous wide receivers in the first and. I mean, not even top-heavy is the great way I would say it. If George Pickens didn't have the injury and if he didn't have the inconsistencies over the last couple of years, George Pickens would probably be one of the best wide receivers in this draft. I'll just I'll just put it out on front street. I'll just say it. He, he would probably be one of the best wideouts in this draft. But because of all that stuff that happened, he's probably a second-round draft pick, second-round guy. I can't wait to see what we're going to do in some of these doggone drills because some of these doggone drills are going to be imperative for some of these damn here comes Kristen walk Watson 428 first time I gotta watch more Christian Watt Watson apparently 428 damn everybody's run four twos now all these damn wide receivers run four twos Christian Watson let's see what he runs four two was his original time he may be blazing he may get four two five no he no he didn't he, he he increased it by four. Th- he's he got a four three one. That's fine. You like I, you like anything below four four. That's elite track speed right there. He got a four two eight originally. Finished it off with four three one. I'm fine with that. <coughs> Even Garrett Wilson didn't Garrett Wilson run a four two? Yes, he did. Right or a four three? He ran a four three seven. Damn. Even Isaiah Weston went ran as fast as Micah Parsons. He ran a 4.39. Let me tell you something. Some of these guys, teams are like perking up because they're like jet sweeps, fly sweeps, fly motions, screen plays. Hello. That's what some of these teams are thinking of. They're thinking, man, we got so many, so many fast guys now. 
We got jet sweeps. We got fly motions. We got all this jazz now coming in. We're excited. They're excited. I'm excited. Every single cornerback in the NFL is like, shit, where are all these guys come from? It's in the water with some of these guys. <clears throat> tight ends, some of the tight ends perform very well. Let me tell you something. Underrated offensive draft class. There's guys that are running and jumping out of the gym. Here's Isaiah Weston, 439, out of University of Northern Iowa. Originally 439, 443, not a bad time. Not a bad time. fine with that you know essentially Miko Hardman like um, a great example oh my goodness a great example of like using these fast guys as a weapon teams like um, teams like uh, what's the Chiefs they just drafted Miko Hardman because he's fast they're like we don't need you to run routes we just need you to be fast do whatever it takes to continuously be fast they're like, we don't need to extend Miko Hardman. We can find guys that just run straight lines in the draft. And there's like, there's a bunch of them this year. There's so many. I mean, this guy is just running powerfully. This guy looks like he's hurting himself <laughs> when he runs. Michael Woods, the second. He just runs with so much violence and power. You know, it looks like he's running fast and he's not. Apparently, Chris Olave's un- it's an unofficial time of four two six, but I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Chris Olave ran a four two six. It does it like unofficially. He ran fucking fast. That's what he ran. Like you know, I'm like that's what he fucking ran. He ran fast. That's what Chris Olave ran. Alec Pierce didn't run either. Alec Pierce was like, I run a four three. I ran fast too. Hold on. They're trying to get official times and all that. I don't know how they. I I don't know how these are unofficial times. How's it taking this long to get official times? What's Chris Olave's forty time? They're like. They're, now they're going to now they're going to replay on the times. It's like you guys didn't time this correctly. You guys didn't time this correctly. How are you not gonna time this correctly? I'll tell you something. If he's off by a millisecond, I'm gonna be pissed. <clears throat> Hold on. Now I got <clears throat> now I got advertisements and simulcams. They're showing that Desmond Ritter ran faster than Desmond Ritter did not run. What did I have Desmond Ritter as? Oh yeah, I, I, originally he ran his his first forty was four five, his second forty was four four nine, so one of the fastest forties at the combine. Um, Justin Fields I think ran a faster combine. I think he ran like a full four forty something like that. Four 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 something like that. <clears throat> but uh. He, it wasn't at, his, at like the combine. It was at his pro day. Hold on. Let me get some pins. I got to get some pins. I got to starve some stuff. Hold on. Okay. There's Chris Olave running by somebody. Like, hello. 
I mean, I mean, hold on. I gotta talk about this for everybody that's that that doesn't believe Chris Olave is fast. They're showing highlights of him right now, and he just runs by people. He ran by a DB who bailed. The DB bailed. This is a Clemson DB at the All State Sugar Bowl. Uh, what was it like last year or something like that? I don't remember. Shit, I freaking fucked it up. Accidentally pressed something. Hold on. But they're showing his highlights at the All-State Sugar Bowl. They're showing him run by a DB that was in a bail position, or excuse me, that was in an off position, and as soon as they snapped the ball, the DB, he didn't even backpedal. He flicked his hips, and he bailed, and he still didn't catch up with Chris Olave, and people are still surprised that Chris Olave is a fast-ass wide receiver. I apologize. Not really. <clears throat> I don't apologize for being right. I apologize for being uh, obnoxious. Just runs by dudes. That's all he does. He just runs by people. That's all he does. Goodness gracious. Hit him with two stop and goes. Hit him with the route running. I mean, he iced up Patrick Sertan. Iced him up. Chris Olave ain't a good wide receiver. I bet, I bet, I wish you might. I might. Damn. Sean, Chris Olave do everything. I got like 10 pins. I'm ready to star a lot of these receivers. I'm ready to go right now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold up. All right. I'm excited to see some of these wide receivers get out. Get out of the gate. Again, right? <clears throat> I said something interesting. I love how I reference myself. But I said something interesting, right? And I want you to pay attention to this. I said, you know, people are going to find a way to use some of these wide receivers, right? Some of these guys are running incredibly fast 40-yard times. Miko Hardman, I think, ran like a 4-3-3, right? Kansas City took him, I think, second, third, fourth round, something like that. And he's been one of their premier wide receivers because it's not because he's a great route runner. It's because he's fast and they utilize his speed in order to gain separation because they also have Patrick Mahomes and things of that nature. But this is a, this is a very, I mean, the combine just got very exciting. Just got very exciting because you got multiple Wide receivers running four threes and four twos. You got potentially Tyquan Thornton breaking the freaking record. Got Chris Olave, I mean, blazingly fast. Absolutely fast. And they're showing him right now. So he's one of the first wide receivers up. They're showing him. Just catching um, over-the-shoulder pass, go, um, go balls. And, I mean, it's just as easy as it gets. He's not even – I mean, we we know how fast he is. He's not really even opening it up. I wish they would stop showing Chris Olave so that way I could watch literally all of the other prospects here. <clears throat> okay. Alec Pierce. And, yeah, Alec Pierce, he gets a star. Alec Pierce, one of my favorite wide receivers coming out. Really, of the draft, 
Again, absolute star for Cincinnati. He was one of the guys when I was watching Desmond Ritter last year, I was just like, I can't, I can't believe how awesome that guy is. How awesome Alec Pierce is. Weird player too. He's like long and lengthy, but he's also like he's he's long and lengthy, so you would think that he's like a tight end, right? But he plays wide receiver and he's he's a really, really awesome guy. As I'm watching Carson Strong overthrow the shit out of people. <clears throat> now we're getting into the quarterback drills. Here's Malik. First throw to Wandale Robinson. Malik drops, throws. Good throw. On time, on target. Woo! Money! Oh, my God. I only threw one time, too. I'll tell you something. Guys, stocks are rising. And that's obvious, but who's this guy? I'm like, who's this quarterback? I don't know. You know what's interesting about the combine, right? Sometimes I'll judge wide receivers not based on how good the throw is or how good the catch is. Sometimes I'll judge it based off of how bad the how bad the throw is versus how good the catch is. Like Jalen Tolbert Tolbert, excuse me, had to kind of turn on the Jets a little bit with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett overthrew him a little bit because some of these guys, they're kind of just striding it out. They're not really like they're not running at full speed to make it easier on the quarterback. I think Desmond Ritter just missed one of his throws. Threw it a little bit too far. Let's see if he hits this one. Beautiful ball. Beautiful job by De by Desmond to Christian Watson. That's a great catch. Here's Carson Strong to Isaiah Weston. Carson. Uh-oh. All right. Isaiah Weston went out and got it. All right. All right. Wait, was that? Hold on. Was that? I don't know. Like, they're freaking, they're freaking screwing. I, I don't know. No, that was Garrett Wilson. They're showing me. Oh, that was Christian Watkins. Watts' son. Okay. That was Garrett Wilson. My bad. There he is. They showed Isaiah Weston, but that was, it wasn't Isaiah Weston. It was Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson came out, jumped out. What does this mean exactly? What does all these fast-ass wide receivers mean? What does it mean for the draft? What does it mean for the, uh, the, you know, for, uh, yeah, for the draft and for the NFL for the foreseeable future. Well, uh, not a lot of good stuff is about to happen to a lot of fucking defenses. And I've been talking about it really for probably the last two years in the sense of, look, man, there's not a lot of good DBs in the NFL right now. Or more specifically, there's not a lot of good enough DBs coming into the NFL to counteract how many awesome wide receivers are now in the NFL or that are coming into the NFL, right? Like, I mean, we have five, six, maybe seven wide receivers that are going to be first-round draft picks. And I don't know how, if that's the same amount of corners that are going to be first-rounders. And then on top of that, the corners, they don't necessarily have the ability to play inside and outside. And, I've, again, I've been talking about it for a very long time. It's like, look. Like, wide receivers now, they can play inside, they can play the slot, they can play as, um, you know, they can play outside, they can do a whole lot of different things that can kind of counteract what, um, what DBs want to do. So if you have a really, really awesome DB that's an outside corner, then you just put your wide receiver inside or you scheme up a play where it's designed to get the wide receiver open, 
and defenses and defenders in general, they just can't really, you know, compete with that. So what you kind of have now is a situation where wide receivers have gotten significantly better in the last, like, oh, God, four or five years, and DBs really haven't kept up with that exact same pace. For what reason? I don't really know. Um the reality is it's way harder to play corner than it is to play wide receiver and wide receivers have gotten like wide receivers. I, I don't think it's with a growth thing, but it's like, I don't like wide receivers have just, they've learned how to, they've learned how to maximize. They've learned how to maximize like what, it, what is it? They're training, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where they're playing, both. I remember like, hearing how Larry Fitzgerald was fast and he was like a good enough route runner where he played outside for the majority of his career. And then when he started to slow down, he was essentially like a slot receiver. And I essentially use that metaphor to describe what's going on in the NFL <clears throat> in the sense of like, instead of waiting for the end of their career to essentially move inside, now guys are just moving inside all the time because it's just like, you know, why not? It's easier to play inside and as a slot it's super easy because you don't have to worry about the bi the boundary excuse me you don't have to worry about the sideline and you have all this space to run around and you don't have to fucking worry about your head getting decapitated because of the rules unless you're playing up against ryan clark who will just cheap shot you anyways but um <clears throat> dbs are just struggling to catch up and it's it's and it's a problem it's a problem and then you got fucking guys that uh, that can run awesome routes, and now they're running four three, which is literally the exact same speed of uh, of like some of the high end top fast DBs, and it's just like you got problems, you got problems. Shout out to the Detroit Lions who are like, we don't want a quarterback. I'm like, okay, get ready to eat dirt. <clears throat> we don't want a corner. We want a pass rusher. Even though most quarterbacks get the football out of their hands within two point five seconds. That's the average, by the way. We don't want a quarterback. We're fucking morons. I've been watching the gauntlet drills. Garrett Wilson kind of struggled a little bit with it. This Michael Woods guy, a little bit of a ball, not a ball catcher. What is it? Like a, um, like a body catcher. There we go. Watching some of these other guys run through. Malik Willis has had a pretty good combine overall. He didn't run the 40, unfortunately, but... That was fine. He threw really, really awesome balls for the most part. <clears throat> for the most part. Shout out to everybody that's like, he's inaccurate. <laughs> he's inaccurate. Wasn't inaccurate enough to complete some of these fucking passes. Bitch. But no, Malik Willis did a great job at, um, at, um, like, uh, in the drills. And again, he showcased off, like, again, my, the thing that I'm looking for is aptitude, right? I'm looking for, can he be accurate? Because let me tell you something. There's dudes that I'm watching right now that are missing very, very easy completions. Let me tell you something. This Kyle Phillips guy? Wide receiver out of UCLA? Short guy? Slot guy? He just had a really, really awesome gauntlet where he just, everything was coming into his frame, used his hands to catch passes. I mean, it was just a great overall gauntlet for him i gotta write down kyle phillips it's another wide receiver 
Phillips. I always talk about how I have at least 10 players per position before the draft, right? I always talk about that, 10 players per position, et cetera, et cetera, right? Is Chris Olave done? I mean, he's not running the gauntlet. He didn't run the gauntlet. And then Charleston Rambo, he's looking around like, where, where's the ball? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's not running, running the gauntlet. Alec Pierce had a good gauntlet as well. The gauntlet is it, – it, it's, it's just a weird drill where they throw footballs at you as you run down a line, I guess. I don't – it's hard to describe. <clears throat> no, that's that's literally it. They throw footballs at you as you're running down a line, a solid line, and you're supposed to catch the balls that are supposed to be thrown at you or whatever. It's hard to see what quarterbacks are throwing what footballs if the quarterbacks are throwing footballs, but uh, I, I don't know. It's just weird. Anyways, DBs are on Sunday. Offensive linemen and running backs are tomorrow. We will not watch that. I literally, I remember two years ago, literally getting bored to death watching fat guys run 40s. I'm like, I don't need to see this shit. Neither do you. So I said, eh, we're not going to watch it. And then I cut it off and then I stopped watching it. And then bada bing, bada boom. Um, I didn't really learn anything from it. <laughs> Like, I didn't learn anything from fat guys running. I'm like, you didn't need to tell me that fat guys are slow. Then some of the offensive linemen that aren't, or excuse me, that are going to run tomorrow are like the guys that I'm, hold on, I'm watching Christian. Damn. Christian Watt. Christian Watson just had a great gauntlet right there. Garrett Wilson. Some of his catches are awkward. I'll just say that. But Christian Watt, Watson, the four three, the four two eight, excuse me, guy, just God, man, he just had an excellent gauntlet. But anyways, um, offensive linemen, running backs are tomorrow. We'll probably talk about. Um, some of this stuff tomorrow as well, just because it's a two and a half hour long podcast. And I don't expect people to watch all of this stuff. So we'll kind of see what happens here. What's going on. They're showing some of these other guys. I'm going to take a seat now. You may ask me 24, 24, how, like three hour podcast. Really? 24. How long are we going to have to go? We'll, we'll get, we'll go as long as it needs to. My desk is about to fall over. I need to build another one. <sighs> Excuse me. Justin Ross isn't doing anything either, which is weird. Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson. I thought that he was going to run or do something. He did 11 on the bench press for a wide receiver. It doesn't matter. It's a fucking wide receiver. I don't need him to be uberly strong. I don't need him to be uberly strong. 
What a great day. What a great day to be wide receivers and quarterbacks. And look, um, I said it before. I'll say it again, right? I've said it for like the last two, three drafts, right? If you have a quarterback, you're going to like X draft. I, I said it like uh, a couple of years ago. I was like, look, man, if you if you have a quarterback, you're going to like the 2020 draft because there is CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III before he became a murderer, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, look, you're going to love this draft because your quarterback – among the uh, the top end guys, it's a it's a deep wide receiver class. As Desmond Ritter just threw an absolute dart uh, for a slant. Let me see this thing again. Let me see him throw this thing. Desmond Ritter's out there slinging it a little bit, but I said, you know, look, there's gonna be some really really awesome. I'm like, I can't tell who some of these guys are. Is that Alave? No, I I think Alave is done. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen Alave in a long time. I'm like. Is, is that Alave out there? I don't know. As I'm watching Carson Strong just throw inaccurate pass after inaccurate pass and wide receivers are having to compensate for it. But I'm like, I would be shocked if dudes can't hit slants, you know? If dudes can't throw slants, excuse me. Excuse me. But I said it like five, six years ago. Maybe not five, six years ago. Two, two years ago. Right? I was like, look, man. Um... If you're a court, if you have a quarterback in the NFL, if your team has a quarterback, you will like this draft because this draft has X wide receiver. In the 2020 draft, we already covered it. It was Henry Ruggs III, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I was like, I felt really, really strong about some of the other guys as well. I think Chase Claypool was in that draft. Yeah, there's Chris Olave. I was just like, where's Chris? I haven't seen him in a long ass time. But I was like, look, it's it's going there's going to be a lot of guys in this draft that you're gonna love if you if you got a quarterback, right? Because you can pair him with a bunch of wide receivers. And this is why you should go out and you should fucking get hold on. Anyways, I was just like, this is why you should go out and you should fucking get a uh, a quarterback as soon as you possibly can to pair him with an awesome wide receiver, okay? So in the case of, you know, these last couple of drafts, there's been, just been a bunch of wide receivers coming in, and now it's just like, you think Patrick, like Patrick Mahomes right now is apparently watching the fucking combine. He's tweeting out things uh, about the combine right now. He's tweeting. He's on Twitter. <clears throat> Patrick, <clears throat> Patrick is probably excited about a guy like Christian Watson. Patrick, who ran a 4-2-8. Patrick is probably excited about a fucking guy like Tyquan Thornton, who just Ran the fuck out of the fucking gymnasium. 4-2-1. Patrick is excited. The only teams that aren't excited for this draft are teams that don't have a quarterback or that specifically lie to themselves and are like, huh, uh, my, uh, my, my, my team, they need to build around the quarterback so that way we can have an awesome football team even though, you know, we, uh, did we not learn anything from Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr.? It's like it's not just that you need – the prospects that you need the wide receivers, you also have to have the fucking guy to be able to throw the fucking ball to your wide receivers. Hello? People want to trip. I'll trip their ass straight on home. That didn't make any sense. 
I didn't make any sense on that. People want to trip. Ah, that didn't make any sense. But I mean, look. This is the consequence. Ah, this is the consequence. But I'm like, look, man. There's going to be a lot of teams, a lot of Super Bowl contenders, a lot of playoff contenders that, that have, you know, that have quarterbacks that are like, we're excited for this draft. Because potentially, where's Christian Watson ranked right now? I saw, and I talked about Jelani Woods. If you can remember him, he's the tight end out of, I think, Virginia Tech. He had a really, really awesome day today. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Maybe you remember him. Maybe you didn't. But I was like, Jelani Woods had a great day today. But other teams are going to look at this draft, and they're going to be like, okay, we can pair this guy with, you know, we can pair, for example, Patrick Mahomes with Christian Watch. Watson, who right now, he's ranked 80th overall. So he's like a third-round draft pick. He probably should be a second-rounder just based off of some of the stuff that I saw today. The speed, the fucking uh, – I mean, he's got great, good hands. I want to see him run routes, but yikes. Yikes, dude. Next, man, I'm telling you. Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson, they're fucking, they're blazing. They're making millions of money, of dollars, excuse me. Anyways, I'm running out of fast forward as I'm watching some of these guys kind of do their thing today. Malik Willis has had a pretty good combine overall. I keep saying that, but I just, I just want to be clear, you know, because people are like, he's inaccurate, he's inaccurate. A guy like they're showing Justin Herbert highlights. I'm like, Justin Herbert's probably a little bit excited. He's just like, oh, wait, I can finally get somebody else besides Mike Williams and Guyton, and we can get guys that can get open in space and things of that nature. I think a question. It's a good ball by Desmond Ritter to Alec Pierce, ironically enough, who is wearing my number. Alec Pierce is wearing 24. Shout out. Anyways, um, yeah, Desmond Ritter's actually throwing some pretty pretty awesome balls here. Here's Carson Strong here. Has not had a great combine today. Excuse me. He's putting out some really, really nice digs here. Oh, that's not a nice pass. You know what I've seen today from Carson Strong specifically? Ball placement. He throws a lot of really, really low balls. Like, guys are having to drag their hands almost to the ground to try. And and, and, and again, it's like, I talked about it earlier where I was like, you know, sometimes you watch players or you watch guys at the combine, like some of these receivers, and I'm like, that receiver just made an awesome catch, not because, you know, not not because he, he did anything. Like, like, he made an awesome catch because it was a terribly thrown ball, you know? That's what I mean to say by that. Oh, that's a bad ball by Malik. Terrible ball. Actually, did he slip? Who was that? Was that Alave? Did Alave slip? I mean, is that 2-1? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Put too much heat on that. Stone digs. 
Let's see Malik drop. Bang. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. To Jalen Tolbert, too. My God. The thing that sucks, probably about Malik this year, and you know, I'm happy that he's not going to Detroit. I really am. I'm happy. I've accepted that. I'm like, good. You guys don't deserve him. I wanted you guys to win. You guys are losers. Continue to lose. Cool thing about you, like nothing will change in this generation. Your owners are still the owners. You're still your owners will still be the uh, the weights that will hold you down uh, all the way into purgatory. Uh, I hope you love freaking being cold and burning. As Garrett Wilson just drops an easy pass, but oh my gosh, second half of the combine is starting to get heated. But it's like, um, God, man, these fucking wide receivers. Where do these guys fucking come from? Traylon Burks had a great day. George Pickens, I haven't seen him really do anything, but he's had a pretty good day based upon his 40 and some of the other stuff I've seen, his tape and stuff like that. He's had a good day. Taquan Thornton, 4-2-1, had a fucking great day. Chris Olave has had a pretty good day. Has had a pretty good day. Calvin Austin, who ran like a 4-3-2, he's had a great day. Even Kyle Phillips, little Kyle Phillips, wide receiver out of UCLA, Slade Bolden. He's had a pretty decent day. Desmond Ritter's had a great day today. Four four nine has shown that he's accurate. Shown that he can freaking sling it. Goodness gracious. Oh my God. Where do people have Chris Olave right now? I want to see because it's wrong. I'm. Where do? What is I remember Daniel Jeremiah was like I have him as a sixth as the twenty sixth fucking ranked player in my draft and I'm like that's incorrect. Chris Olave oh at least somebody knows what they're doing. Chris Olave is ranked twelfth overall for Pro Football Network, probably a little bit higher to be honest with you, but you know it is what it is. It is what it is. Why is Takashi six nine trending? I don't know. What the fuck is going on here? Sorry. Like, I'm looking at Twitter and I'm watching the draft right now. I'm, I I have OCD because my record's so clean. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm watching. God, I don't even know who some of these guys are. I'm starting to lose my voice. I haven't, like, shouted this much in, like, two weeks. I'm a normal person outside of the podcast. I'm not – the podcast isn't me. I am not exclusively the podcast. I have a life. Just don't scream that much. Jesus Christ, I'm starting to lose my voice. God. This, this EJ Perry guy, man, why? Why? I just, I kind of have to ask the question, you know, it would be kind of cool if, you know, if we had like juniors and like freshmen and sophomores coming in and throwing passes instead of like, I know Bryce Young is better than most of these guys here. I'm like, I wish Bryce was throwing some of these passes to some of these wide receivers and EJ Perry out of God knows where. Whew. 
Kenny Pickett just threw the fuck, threw a really, really fucking underthrown ball, and Garrett Wilson turned around and caught a 50-50 ball. That was, and again, it's bad throw, excellent catch, you know? Excellent catch. Watching Brock Purdy, Iowa State's quarterback, who, I mean, if you're not Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, you're, or Desmond Ritter, you're, that was a good ball. <laughs> I'm like, if you're not, if you're not any of these quarterbacks, and then Brock Purdy throws an absolute dime out there to Kyle Phillips. There's Brock Purdy again. Beautiful ball. Actually, a nice solid pass. Put Malik out there. He threw a he threw a nice ball to Jalen Tober. Is that it, dude? You know what fucking sucks? The NFL Network keeps on going to commercial. Literally, it and Chris Olave is the first guy that runs through the drills because Chris Olave is is uh, I mean he's the he's the first guy. So he's the first guy that goes through the fucking drills. They always go through fucking commercials, and it's just like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I want to see Chris Olave catch passes. That's why I'm here. Run four two six. Can we, can we get the star on stage? Can we? I want to see him run routes. Please and thank you. Oh my God, ho, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Carson Strong is standing around doing nothing. Hold on, I gotta drink some water. My throat is starting to get destroyed. What is going on? Hold on. Some reason all the guys are just standing around getting instructions. I'm guessing for the new routes. And finally, I get to see Chris Olave again, who just ran straight out. Carson Strong is telling him to go deep and yikes. I think Carson Strong just had a 60-yard completion. There you go. It was just like watching Chris Olave run his forty. He just, I was like, he, I was like, he's out, he's out, he's gone. Just running simple, a simple nine route, a simple go ball. I was like, he's just gone. How deep is that from the ten? It's like a almost a seventy yard bomb right there. My Carson Strong. Jesus Christ. They're saying it. It's just like freaking now Carson Strong. He's just like, oh, wait, uh, the drill. If the drill is to throw the football really, really far down the football field. Oh, this is something I can do. He's like, I can't slow a damn slant to save my fucking life, but I can throw. I can throw this thing. There's Alec Pierce. He's going. He ju he jumped out the gate, too. Oh, yeah, that was underthrown. Alec Pierce is like Chris Olave ran four two six. I'm not getting shown up. great day to be a wide receiver it's a great day to be a fan of offense everywhere Every, oh here's Malik let's see how he has see how he handles his go balls here I think that's Rambo here oh he's got him oh god that's beautiful beautiful Mwah! that's beautiful beautiful my god That's my guy. That's my guy. Mm. 
Surprisingly, I didn't break any. That's when I fucking died. That's when I died. Mm. Nice rainbow throw by Malik Willis. And I let me like let me talk about the mechanics. Let me talk about the mechanics of, of the deep ball, right? Deep ball, you want it to be high arcing, and you also want it to be you want you want to throw it very high in the air so that way the receiver can track it, but you also want to throw it hard. It requires an incredible amount of velocity, torque, and arm strength, depending on how you throw your football. And Malik Willis just showcased. I mean, Malik Willis just showcased his arm talent. Hey, Detroit, you're gonna get smoked by Malik Willis in a, in a year if you play him. I hope the Vikings draft him because he'll smoke your. I hope Brad Holmes does not take Malik Willis. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. Jesus Christ. Everybody's smiling, everybody's dancing. Oh, Malik Willis, you done it again. Goodness gracious. Oh, my God. It was so nice, I had to see it thrice. Let me see this thing. Do it again, Malik. Saying, they're saying Malik Willis just threw a dime on national television. You get him, Malik. You show him why you deserve to be an NFL player. Mm, sorry. I'm getting, I, look, look, look. I ride for my guys. I ride for my guys. Malik Willis, that's my guy. He's one of my guys. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Chris. I'm happy for Garrett. I'm happy for George. Those are my guys. They're all my guys. I, I ride for my guys. Let me plug in my computer. I ride for my guys. Those are my guys. Punching holes in my binder or in my journal now. Get him, Malik. Hold on. Whew. He just overthrew a wide receiver. Barely. He overthrew a guy. Barely. I'm telling you something. Malik Willis. Oh, my God. Overthrew a guy like 60, 65, 70 yards, something like that. Bailey Zapp is like, oh, fuck, I got to, I got to, I got to freaking, uh, you know, I got to freaking, you know, I got to, I got to, I got to try, I, I got to trump that. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Go get him, Malik. Bailey Zapp. Oh, Bailey Zapp just threw it out of the gym, too. They're just throwing a bunch of go, go routes right now. Bailey Zapp just threw. Bailey Zapp, quarterback out of God knows where, WKU, Western Kentucky? I don't know. Can't expect me to know hundreds of schools. I don't know where he's from. 
Bailey Zapp just threw it out of the gym. EJ Perry, oh God. Oh God. EJ Perry, bring it in. EJ Perry, oh wait, uh, oh no, that's 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 a good that's a good go ball go ball. I'm starting to lose my voice, <coughs> just a little bit. Oh man. Vegas, uh, by the way, if you're wondering, Vegas just uh put in the odds negative one fifteen if you uh. Malik Willis to be the uh, the number one overall quarterback, which is uh, not good odds for you, by the way. Like, if you want to gamble on Malik Willis being the number one overall uh, quarterback being selected, uh, that's it. Like, uh, it's a little bit too late. It's pretty fucking obvious. There's Christian Watkins. Wat Watson. Kenny Pickett. This is going to be underthrown. Yeah. Doesn't have a great arm. Kenny Pickett doesn't. He just doesn't. Unfortunately one of the only area it's like it's an obvious area that he struggles with yeah i was like ah oh, fuck garrett wilson didn't get out properly great day i'm telling you every single year i'm always shocked at the offensive talent versus the defensive talent i'm always shocked i'm like there's just there's just no way that it can get any better than this there's just no way and then it always does, year year after year after year. We didn't even have a comp. Here, here's Desmond to Alec Pierce. Yeah, he's going to have to slow down and get that. Alec Pierce runs a 4-3. I'm always surprised. I'm like, damn, like I can't believe some of these guys are fucking. I, I cannot believe that some of these guys are going to be in the NFL next year. I And especially considering how little. And again, I talked about it earlier. I was like, I can't believe how many guys are going to be in the NFL next year versus how little corners are going to be able to like <clears throat> are going to be able to um to counter this. And and again, Carson Strong to Christian Watson off of Christian Watson's hands. I talked about it. I'm like, look. DBs they haven't really caught up and then the worst kind of has come in the sense of like now wide receivers are fast and they can route run. Uh-oh, here comes Malik with Garrett Wilson. Hold on. There we go. Oh. Oh, overthrew him again. Like, Malik Willis is literally throwing 60, 65, almost 70-yard bombs downfield. Was that 70 yards? Was that 70 yards? Damn. But you know, you know what's funny? You know, Detroit Lions, they'll be like, you know, uh, what, like what makes Malik Willis uh, such a good quarterback, you know? It's not that he literally takes the shirt, takes takes the clothes off his back, gives it to homeless people. It's not, you know, it's it's not that he's uberly athletic or, you know, um or or he has a gigantic arm or whatever. It's not that in the combine he literally throws What is that? Yep, literally a 70-yard bomb downfield, you know, really 75-yard bomb downfield. You know, it's none of that. You know, we don't want any of that in Detroit. We don't want to win. We don't want a good guy. We don't want to win. We don't want fast wide receivers. We just want to suck, and we want to be losers. We want to suck on the teat of the Green Bay Packers. Jesus Christ. League Willis is showing up. God, man. Uh, 
God. I'm, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and I don't want a quarterback because I'm a loser, and I don't want to win football games. I'm a loser. I don't want to win. I'm like, okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Like Willis has had a great combine. I'm I'm satisfied. Oh my guys, the combine is about to end. It's about to be like one of the final couple of drills here. There's not a lot much more to say, except uh, my guys fucking killed the day. Oh my god, I I really really hope now that Detroit does not get Malik Willis, but. Brad Holmes is like, he's, Brad Holmes is like, Malik Willis, he may be too good to pass up. I'm like, please pass him. Let him go to the Vikings. Let him go anywhere else. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, he's rolling with a lave. Ooh, that's a bad throw. They're running. They're running comebacks right now. Rich Eisen is talking about how awesome Malik Willis is, and I'm like, you didn't need to tell me. Malik Willis had. A really, really bad comeback to Alave, where like Alave literally just could not catch it whatsoever. He's had like a couple of bad intermediate passes, or not intermediate, but just like he had—I I, forgot—he had like one bad slant, and then he had that bad uh, comeback. But I mean, I mean, we can do this. L like, let's. You know, like, like we're watching the draft. We're talking about not the draft. We're watching the combine. Let's actually put this in practicum, right? So, okay. Let's kind of just let's take a look. Okay, teams that need a quarterback, right? Lions, you know, they're full of themselves and they want to say, well, we don't need a quarterback. Let's build the team. We're smarter than every other fan base in every in, in twenty four. Even though twenty four is hit on like every single you know important quarterback, right? I like listen. I'm a, I'm a bajillionaire. If I if players were stocks, I would be a billionaire, okay? I know my draft. I know my combine, right? So, Detroit Lions fans, because they're idiots, they're like, we don't need a quarterback. Get Aiden Hutchinson. I don't give a fuck. Uh, even though they need a quarterback, right? At number three, Texans. Are they not potentially going to take Malik Willis? Can you convince me otherwise? The same thing goes for the Giants at five, right? Are they not going to potentially try to be like, man, Daniel Jones, we like him, but he's not as athletic. He's not as athletic. He doesn't have the arm. He's not the thrower. And Malik isn't a turnover machine like Daniel Jones. Let's roll with Malik. 
right? <clears throat> Carolina at six. They don't have a fucking quarterback. They need a quarterback, right? I think it, I was like, isn't Malik from there? No, Cam's from there. Or technically Malik Willis rolled with Cam Newton's squad and he was like a Cam Newton guy, as well as weirdly enough, Sam Howell as well. The Atlanta Falcons, right? Matt Ryan ending his contract, or not his contract, but his tenure. You sent Malik behind Matt Ryan. Broncos at nine. I don't think, realistically, I don't think Malik Willis right now makes it out of the top 10. And I don't think I would have said that two weeks ago because I feel like NFL teams would have been like, well, I want I want this guy. I want that guy. I want this and that, the third and blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, you know, now it's like now it's obvious that he's a top 10 player. It's it's very obvious. People, I remember Chris Wilson or whatever his name is. He's like a CBS analyst. He was just like, oh, Malik Willis isn't even a first-round draft pick. And he said that confidently on television. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you're an idiot. Only took um, like literally two days to prove it. I think he said that on Tuesday, and it's just like, whoops. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how he gets out of the top 10. And then there could potentially be a trade inside the top 10 as well for Malik via Washington, the Vikings. I mean, you can make a great case for the Browns, for example, to trade into the top 10 at number 13. The Eagles, the, the, uh, the Saints. There's so many teams that you can make that, that conversation. You could have that conversation. And then it's like we can talk about wide receivers as well, for example, right? Same situation, right? Chris Olave, 426, fast-ass wide receiver, great film, great tape, great Ohio State Buckeye, NFL player now, runs by people. I talked about how if the Jets, if they go after, for example, an offensive lineman, do they then go in and do they say to themselves, you know what, let's go in and let's get somebody at wide out at 10th overall. Does Chris Olave even make it a 10th overall? What about Garrett Wilson? I think they're both now top 10 players, by the way. But then it's like the Giants at four, not four, five and seven. Do they now go out and do they now get a wide receiver? Just saying. Just saying. Probably not because they have Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony and all these other guys. I'm just, I'm just saying. Draft is looking pretty interesting. God. Oh, my God. I love myself. <laughs> I love how right I am and how wrong everybody else is. Love it. Oh, my God. Now Malik is just kind of uncorking it here a little bit too much. Hold on. Hold on. You got Pierce. All right, sorry. Now I'm just watching Malik Willis do his thing. All right. Next couple of days, we'll, um, I don't know. Should I end it here? Probably. Now I'm kind of just watching the combine. Anyways, as I'll, I'll pause it and then watch the rest of it. Anyways, final kind of sequence of the next couple of days is we're going to watch 
or I'm going to watch a lot more of the Combine. We'll probably do the, um, what is it? We'll probably do DBs on Sunday. I'll probably watch that. We'll probably watch that together, and then that'll probably be the end of the Combine, and we'll have some more thoughts and things of that nature. It's good to be back. I'm in the podcast here. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about the implications of some of these guys and where they are, especially because we've been I've been podcasting for the last three and a half hours. So we'll kind of talk about the implications. We'll talk about what's been going on. We'll talk about, you know, football. I'm back. I'm 24. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I'm watching the Batman tomorrow because I live in the country. Guess what? Uh, nobody goes to the movie theaters to see superhero movies, so I'm going to see that tomorrow. Cannot wait. I'll see you tomorrow. 24th podcast.